three, two, one. We're back. What's up, everybody? I'm actually here. I am present. In person, yeah. In person. So, um, just ate a 10 at Cup Bop. Yep, level 10 out of 10. Pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty spicy. It's up there. That's that's my spicy tolerance at the moment. Like when I want something spicy, spicy, that would be. I wouldn't want anything spicier than that. Um, I like spicy food. I don't know. You taste the vodka. A little. It's pretty strong. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely. I mean, if you look at it this way, that this can is what twelve ounces. It's ten percent alcohol by volume. So four and a half of those ounces are uh are vodka. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Which I wish you could get here, honestly. I've I've kind of been spoiled being in Idaho. Like you go on Walmart. You can buy these here. Oh really? At the liquor store. Okay. Like in Walmart you can just go in and there's like wine and everything. Which is bizarre. I forgot until I went to Walmart. That's what happened to me when I moved back from uh, California. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I moved back here and somebody was like, hey, can you pick up a bottle of uh, this on the way over? And I was like, sure. And I stopped into Smith's. Nothing. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I don't know. It's one of those weird cultures. I'll tell you, though, there's more alcoholics in Idaho than there is here. I can 100% attest to that. Drinking at nine in the morning is normal there. <laughs> socially acceptable. It's totally socially acceptable. Um. Yeah, you have people drinking whiskey at that time, which is strange. Also, lottery, a lot of lottery ticket. There's lottery ticket machines in the WalMarts. Hmm. So, for like the Powerball or whatever, uh, like scratch tickets. Okay, it's huge there. A lot of people buy them, uh, and that's something I got used used to not being around here. I think lottery's pretty bad. I'm not a big proponent in it. I think you should be able to do what you want, but I can I definitely see what it does to poor people. It's not good. Yeah. My dad'll go up to Idaho, like ride his motorcycle through mm-hmm. southern Idaho, and he'll he'll buy a bunch of scratchers and basically be able to make back the gas money. Yeah, that's fair. But my yeah, my mom does that crap. Scratchers and stuff. Yep, which is against good, their religion. I, I, that's what I was gonna say. I thought she was a good little Mormon lady. Yeah, well, you'd be surprised. She pulls the emotional card if you bring it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Watch your parents have this whole like BDSM like root cellar dungeon out there that you no. have no idea. No about. way. There's no possible way, <laughs> dude. And you're like, my mom pulls the emotional card so much. She was like almost crying, thanking me for like helping you move your. She shit does back that up. constantly, and and it drives me up the wall to be honest, because I'm unaffected by it. Like I had a, con- I probably had an hour and a half, two hour conversation about with her, where I pulled, where she came in, and I told her, you know, you need to control your emotions, and huh. she she her counter argument was sometimes it's okay not to control your emotions. And I'm like, no, it's, it's never okay not to control your emotions. It's okay to show emotion and experience it. But yeah, but, but you should always be in control of your emotion. A hundred percent. Like I, I'm big on that. And yeah, she's just very emotional. And, and, uh, 
Like if if she does something wrong and she gets called out on it, she turns into like this crying, sobbing, like until you apologize type thing. And I refuse to. I refuse to to do that because it's a it's form of manipulation in my opinion. No, it is. So, I mean, somebody out. Apparently, I messed up at work the other day, and I did something like. Like, I thought I was doing the right thing in the computer, and I was doing the wrong thing, and it, like, bumped an order out. So, like, this guy's medication order got messed up. Even though he got the dose because I gave him the dose, it, like, fucked it It fucked it up for, like, the future Oh, uh, yeah, 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 okay. Uh-huh. And uh, <clears throat> somebody just pulled me aside and was like, hey, this is, like, this is what you did, and it caused this. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, yep, you know. Um, I mean, I was kind of like upset and embarrassed that I messed something up, but like, it, yeah, it's like they didn't make a big deal out of it. So I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. They were just like, Hey, this happened. This is why it happened. That's this what, is and how you yeah. prevent it from happening. Again. That's what I prefer to informative. Yeah. Uh, my mother <clears throat> has this tendency to reach back into the old days and tell me how good my childhood was or be like but i did this for you and this for you and this for you don't you remember this and i was like <clears throat> like a distorted view of the past she right. has yeah of like oh you forgot about the time that you did this to me you did this to me this to me and uh it, it's just funny it's like the more i'm around her we had this big conversation where she was like i'm your mother and i deserve respect regardless and I kind of disagree with that. Uh, I'm of the belief that respect is earned. I, I'll, I'll love her no matter what. But... There's a difference between love and <clears throat> respect. I can't respect somebody who doesn't respect themselves. It's really hard for me to do that. Uh, and she's very, very self-deprecating and like, oh, you had the best childhood. And I'm like, that's not what I remember. I remember this example or this example... Right. Where I was terrified or I was, you know. Yeah, th my my brother and I have had a conversation similar to this about our mom. And, yeah, it's it's really bizarre. Like, it's like they look back and they only see the good that they did, but they don't see the, the potential harm that they caused. Right, yeah. And speaking of self-deprecating, like, you know I tell a lot of self-deprecating jokes. Yeah. Like, one of the other nurses at the jail the other day looked at me and was like, oh, I forgot you were here today. I was like, that's okay. I'm easy to forget about. And they were, like, mortified that I said something like that. <laughs> they were like, oh, no, stop. Like, like you, you know, and I, I was just trying to be funny. But you just turn were, it on them. Like, you did this. <laughs> you did this. <laughs> but, like, they were like, don't say stuff like that about yourself. And I was just trying to make a joke. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I, I was like, well, apparently I have to pick, choose wisely about how I state things around here. Cause that, that's my sense of humor. It's yeah. very dry. It's very self-deprecating. It's, it's like, and I did that with another officer, like a, a deputy that was there. And he's like, we've already got enough Eeyores around here. And I was like, Really? No one's just like no one's into this kind of humor here. Okay, that's that's cool. I guess I'll learn how to be different, funny. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm in the sense of like just be who you are. That was part of the conversation too. It's like, okay, so you want me to change who I am, huh? Like, okay. My dad needs to change how he is. My sister needs to change how she is. I need to change how I am. So we're all the problem type thing. Yeah. And I'm in the, I don't know. I've developed kind of a thicker skin over the years. And I'm in this boat that if, if you get offended, it's not my problem. And like, I know some people will think differently on that and that's okay. But it depends on why, why you're offended. Right. If it's something that I say indirectly like if i'm not saying you're a piece of shit you're you'll never make anything of your if i'm not saying that kind of stuff it's just my personality and uh yeah sometimes i'm unaware of how like blunt i can be sometimes i guess yeah and i i think i um i i think that's an interesting line for me to figure out now too because where i'm at like apparently like some stuff's okay and apparently like the self-deprecating stuff out of everything that happens there working with child molesters as patients yeah self-deprecation is not okay <laughs> like, you know um so uh, i i don't know uh it, it was just weird like they'll probably have to get used to me but i'm like as long as i focus the comments on myself no one can get mad at me yeah exactly <laughs> like like no one will get mad at me <laughs> so, i won't get fired again if i like if i'm like oh i want to burn myself down yeah true <laughs> so i applied for salt lake city police department yeah and sadly end post testing has been suspended so until that happens, like I can't, they can't hire any new officers. So in order to like, you have to take a pretest. Um, and currently, in my current position, if I want to become a police officer, I would have to pay my way through police academy myself, which is okay. That's fine, uh, but it's a little bit of a bummer. To be honest, I'd like to get out of the tech industry. I hate it. I hate being around a bunch of, uh, I don't have words for it. Um, but Hey, I will, I'll throw this statistic out and I thought it was interesting. I'm not trying to be, uh, disrespectful, but I did find out that a primary cause of deafness, people that are deaf, uh, has been linked to inbreeding. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, which I've never heard that does make sense. If you think of, uh, mental acuity, I guess. Yeah. Um, and what's associated with the deaf community. Well, if you look beyond deafness, like there's a lot of issues with inbreeding, mm-hmm. like there's mental instability. Uh, <clears throat> if you look at King Richard, I think it was King Richard back in the day, like, he had some weird form of what we would now call spina bifida, basically. Like, his spine was misshaped from birth. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. Um, yeah. So, so it's it's like, it, it does cause a lot of different problems. Not just the deafness, but it causes a lot of problems. Yeah, don't inbreed. What? Don't have sex with your cousin. Yeah, well, honestly, and I, I, I learned this, too, is... Um, that's part of uh, 
the reason behind your apocrine glands. You're like the reason you stink when you sweat. Like you smell yourself and you're like, oh, that smells nasty. <clears throat> but those apocrine glands are what are creating pheromones. Mm, okay. And so I guess in the animal kingdom, if someone else smells bad to you, that's kind of like you're related to them. You're not supposed to be attracted to the scent. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense. So so it's like, of course I'm not attracted to myself. I think body odor for humans smells awful, but for some reason in dogs it actually smells pretty – it doesn't smell bad. It doesn't smell horrible. No, it doesn't smell bad at all. Yeah. Like, huh, Uzi. He's right at home. Yeah. He is, he is so stoked to be here. You think? Oh, yeah. Like, he, he kind of knew what was up when we pulled in. Yeah. He was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, yes. Dogs are s- smart in that sense. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, th- their brains just work differently. A lot of people say they're like psychic buffers. They definitely see things that we don't see. Uh, but they they have the same, like, innocence a child does, but they have it throughout their whole life, which yeah. is pretty special. And, and speaking of seeing things that you don't see, I, I kind of have this... You know, I have, like, this thing about, like, supernatural stuff. Yep. And things being on a different plane of existence. I think dogs can see stuff like that, for sure. I agree. And I think children can, too. I agree. Um, and, and so it's like, when your dog is randomly barking, are they just randomly barking? Or is there something there that you have no idea is there? Right. Uh, so. Right. Uh, Dude, I, this, this will be a straight shift and in, in gear hard but i did read some stuff like and in previous podcasts i'm not sure about the new reboot that we've had so if we've talked about this but well in, i think this is only the third or fourth episode so is, this will be number five okay um with the whole conversation about revelations and all of that kind of stuff and i don't think we've gone into that at all everything you are you being sarcastic no, I I'm serious. I don't think we've been in the gone new in, in, in the in, new episodes in, since uh, the second coming. Yeah, I don't think we've uh, gone into it. So this is interesting because supposedly there is going to be a solar flare from the sun in between the eight or in between the year of 2020 and 2024, and this solar flare will completely change the universe completely, and. The theory is that it will transcend us to the fifth dimension as human beings, being able to comprehend fifth dimensional concepts based off of a frequency that's put off by the sun. Huh. Um, and anything that doesn't meet that frequency will die. Will basically be... Are humans supposed to meet that frequency? And now that's where it is interesting to me is because the idea of revelations is be like, you know, be good until Jesus comes type thing. But what if it actually is a planetary thing where if your frequency based on the actions that you do or um, basically your thought process, uh, if you have huh. a low, low frequency, low vibration, you won't be able to experience it. But if you have a high vibration, uh, positivity, like love, compassion, all these different things that presumably lead to a higher frequency uh also equate to the energy you put off i guess 
which I thought was fascinating. It was a theory that I, I, I just kind of glanced at, but it is definitely fascinating. How long does it take for a solar flare from the sun to reach Earth? I don't know. I don't know. Because um, um, we've had a few hit us, and it's caused problems before. Really? It's dropped satellites. It's caused, like, <clears throat> it's caused, um, like, random power outages and stuff. I think there was one of about 10 or 15 years ago that caused, like, a bunch of uh, power outages in Cuba. Okay. And the Cubans were like, we've been attacked. And that was, like, just this weird EMP that happened because of a solar flare. Interesting. Yeah. See, to me, it says, relating it to revelations and religious teaching, the idea of heaven and hell, what if it actually is fifth dimension transcendence is heaven, quote unquote, and staying in the third dimension, which we're currently in is hell. And we, and we look at all these different, uh, you know, energy is everything. If we look at the space we're in now, there's Wi-Fi waves going through the air right now. There's Bluetooth waves. There's cell phone tower waves. We don't see any of that. Yeah, radio, television, yeah. So if it's really just a shift in frequency that we're able to see different things, what is the potential of that uh, and where does that lead to? And I, I don't put too much thought into that particular conspiracy, but apparently the solar flare is a real thing that's going to happen between 2020 and 2024. So I thought it was interesting. That's about it. And an another thing to think about uh, in with a solar flare is us as humans for the last almost 200 years have been steadily destroying our atmosphere. Yeah. Which is what protects us from the radiation of the cosmos. Right. So, like, this thing happens, if if it reaches Earth, then it's like, maybe that's also yeah. another interpretation of it, is like, we have a huge hole in the ozone layer. Right. I don't know. All I know is that with this whole COVID bullshit that's going on, if one thing is happening, like, even Paul, which I considered a normal, I, I consider a normal dude knows about all of these things that were considered conspiracy theories five years back. Yeah. He is now exposed to these theories, uh, and he's just a normal dude. Yeah. And that makes me extremely happy considering that this matrix of narrative that the mainstream has, has put on us for so long, people are starting to at least question it. And that's huge i think that's a huge step and even if it's not true the ability to question what you're being told is a huge step yeah no and uh, <clears throat> i think that's uh what a lot of people lack is that critical thinking capabilities is uh the fact that like people can't question like they don't think they can question and so they lack critical thinking skills because of it I was so disappointed to see Facebook start to turn against people that were assembling groups on Facebook that were um, protest groups for lockdown. Yeah. They start banning people. 
they start doing all these things. Uh, and it, it's just suspect to me. It's very strange. Um, I don't have any concrete proof or documents or anything saying X, Y, Z. But, you know, what I do know is that the particular timeline that we're living in or the, the point in time that we're at is very strange. It's very odd. Uh, nothing like this has happened before. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not panicked. I'm not at this point of like yeah. thinking I'm going to die of a virus or. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of there with you. I'm not. I'm not worried about it as far as like panic level worry. But it is really interesting to me because I, I'm personally at a point where I'm like just fuck it dude like i don't even care about the economy really <clears throat> i just want to be able to see my friends again yeah like <clears throat> and a lot of people would come back at me and be like you're part of the problem and it's like i don't give a fuck if i'm part of the problem if i die i die yeah um that's kind of been my attitude on death for a while uh you know do i want to die no but if i do die okay, then I die. Like, what do I have to worry about after I die? Nothing. Right. Yep. Bills yeah. go away. The stresses of life go away. And, and a lot of people will be like, man, this guy's depressed. And you're right. I am. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's true. Like, when once you're dead, there's nothing else bothering you. You right. know, like, you you don't have to worry about making your your fucking house payment or your credit card payment or where like your groceries are gonna come from two weeks from now. Um, you don't care have to care about uh, what Gina at the office thinks of you. You know, it, it, there there's just nothing. Well, and the forefathers talked about this a lot, actually. Um, Benjamin Franklin actually said something like find me a country where freedom exists and that that's my country. Uh, and the idea of freedom is beyond just being able to do what you want, but being free of debtors, being free of like the idea of freedom being that you have the free will to go and like get your own food and be free of the thoughts of having bills or, um, needing a supermarket yeah people taking advantage of you and this is i I don't know it's a very strange time i think this particular part of time is going to go down in the history books not even as coronavirus but as a civil war you think so i think so because i think we've transcended the point of physical warfare for that type of thing and now it's informational warfare you have governors that are challenging the federal government and vice versa of being like, we want to open up our cities or you should shut down your cities or we're going to keep it shut down and no, you should open up. And it's like, we're not being told the truth a hundred percent, whether it's for sure, you know, whatever it might be, there's, there's some truth withheld, uh, in the fine lines. And even with all these stimulus bills that are being passed that are, uh, most people don't know what they are or like, there's many of them. There's, this is the fourth one they're about to pass. And most people don't like, they're just kind of like, okay, I have to be locked away. That's fine. Uh, but 
it's an odd time that we live in for sure domestic violence has gone up has it really i didn't know that yeah it's gone up a lot i Um, could believe that like people suffocating their kids and stuff well not not even just that it's like uh you're in an abusive relationship and let's say it's you and me we're a couple okay okay we've been together for a few years Every so often, let's say like every two and a half to three months, I beat the fucking shit out of you for some reason. Okay. And then like the cycle of abuse starts over and it's like, oh, I'll never do it again. And we go into the honeymoon phase and blah, blah, blah. The fact that like, say you and I have a job outside of the house that separates us even just for a few hours a day slows that cycle down. And now I'm with you 24 seven. Right. For the last month and a half. Right. And so it's like that cycle speeds up. Right. And so there, there are a lot more um, domestic violence cases happening because that cycle has sped up in a lot of relationships. And it's like, um, It's not just child abuse, but it's like abuse against the partner, and yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, it's just like I I don't know, and and that's a fact. Like it has gone up. You can pull the numbers. Yeah, there's a lot more reported cases of domestic violence. That's insane. I did not know that. Um, Yeah, I think at the tail end of this, regardless of what you believe. The world will be completely different, like, regardless. Yeah. Regardless of what happens. We'll all have to wear face masks outside from here on out. It, it's possible. I do know this for a fact, and you guys can do your own research on this. During this whole thing, the Federal Reserve and the Treasury merged. The United told States. told me that the other day. The United States government is now in control of our currency. When... Uh, when every state goes into a state of emergency, the president gets a right to call all gold back to the United States, uh, basically to centralize the gold reserves in the United States. And that has happened. So we could see a point in time where we're not going into debt to the Federal Reserve. And what that means is that, like, it, it, I can't even explain it right now, how big of a difference it will make to every single person on the planet. Right. Um. But we could see a point where we don't have income tax anymore. Um, And if that happens, Uh, that would be a huge, huge thing for every single American. I don't want to pay income tax. I don't think anybody does. True. Um, So it's just a bizarre point in time. And things are happening behind the scenes that aren't reported on TV. Um, well, God, there was that leaked hot mic thing that happened. That happened uh, a couple days ago. I've been watching the press briefing every day. <clears throat> and at the end of one press briefing, the president was walking out and there was an admiral right behind him. And one of the reporters said, Mr. President, can you tell us about the children? And the admiral like looked up and then walked out. And it, there's more shit happening right now than what they're saying. Oh, for sure. 
I don't know if you saw that we sent Navy vessels to South China Sea, which is... I mean, that's pretty common. Which is in Chinese territory, and the president also instructed naval vessels to shoot down any Iranian boats that are harassing them. We're at a point now where there's a power struggle at some point. I don't know where it is. I'm not knowledgeable enough to say, like, this is happening, this is happening, but there's a power struggle of some sense, and it's been going on for a long time. Right. Um, it, it's just a bizarre time. All I know is there's no time to panic. Like, that, the panic is what would ensue actual chaos. Yeah. Um, you know what I want, though? more than anything what is to be able to go to the grocery store and like it sounds fucking retarded but to me the sign of normalcy is the toilet paper yeah the availability of toilet paper right is the sign of being back to normal for me like i don't need it right now i'm not running out but the fact that when I do go grocery shopping, and it's been over a month, I go grocery shopping, I pass that paper goods aisle, and there's fucking nothing there. Yeah, it's odd. <clears throat> that bothers the hell out of me. And Liz was getting on my case about it a little bit. She's like, why does it bother you so much? I was like, because to me, that's the mark of normal. Yep. Normal went away when that went away. Right. You know? And... There's other factors to take into account. Like my uh, father-in-law was like, well, you have all these people working from home or stuck at home now. So the the demand for having toilet paper in the home has also gone up, which is true. But <clears throat> it hasn't gone up to the point where literally tens of thousands of sheets are incapable of being stocked at the grocery store. Right. Every grocery store across the United States. Yeah. It's, like that, it's all for panic purposes. The supply chains were disrupted. Because, I mean, like, really think about it, okay? You you buy a, a, a pack of toilet paper. Okay. There was a guy that did the math on it. I, yeah. I sent it yep, to you. you it to me. And yeah. he was like, that's 420. No, he's like, that's 20 sheets per shit. 10 shits per day. He's like, no one's shitting that much. Calm right. the fuck down. Yep. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, yeah, it's like, so why why is it gone all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah, in, uh, in the place I've been living, Rigby, uh, to buy a pack of beef is like $20. Really? 20 to $25. Uh, it's around $7 per pound and they're really just driving up prices because of demand. And it's really unfortunate that nobody in that city has enough money to challenge it because they could a hundred percent be sued when surrounding cities are selling it for $4 a pound. But because it's such a small city and no one has money, they can get away with it. Right. And it's unfortunate it's kind of disgusting. It's really disgusting, actually. But it's all people worrying. That's the big problem. Um, yeah. And if you look at what they've even said in official briefings, 
in the official White House press briefings and all of the things they've said, if somebody comes in that has had stage four cancer, stage four lung cancer, let's say, uh-huh. comes into the hospital and dies of lung cancer, but gets tested for the genetic code for COVID-19, which they can't even 100% identify by itself. They can, ju- they can test for the genetic code within uh, COVID-19, but they can't say for certain that that's the death cause. If they even test positive for that, it's marked as a COVID-19 death instantly. Yeah. Um, and then that translates to national numbers of being like, well, look at all these COVID-19 deaths. But they're not talking about the $13,000 doctors get um, or hospitals get granted per COVID-19 diagnostic. If they get put on a ventilator, they get granted $39,000. So there's an incentive for hospitals to report COVID-19, COVID-19 deaths or COVID-19 cases. cases. Uh, and that's when the money gets involved. That's what pisses me off. Because <coughs> there's been well, a big I, drop off of I, other diseases. I, was working with, I, I work with a nurse. He, They just sent him like basically like a we're not going to bring you on letter. But. He was getting ready to quit and leave because he got picked up by an agency to do COVID-19 response in New York, which would have been $2,000 a week. Yeah. And now, like, all of a sudden, New York is like, well, uh, it's it's calming down. We don't need as many healthcare providers out here. Right. Like, literally, he was talking about it one day. And then I saw him two days later, and he's like, yeah, they pulled the offer. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's, <clears throat> it's propagandized. There's, there is some heavy propaganda going on right now. Um, I, I, I don't have a grasp of what's going on except behind the scenes. Like, as far as the virus stuff itself, I have no idea. I do know that the president in the in yesterday's press briefing kept saying, "Get in the sun, the sun." I don't know if you saw anything about that. No, but I do know that like uh, UV radiation does kill the virus. So yeah, that's what he was. That's what they were alluding to. But there's also something which is interesting is he kept saying "sun" over and over again, and there's a company called Sun Pharmaceuticals that's main uh, output is hydroxychloroquine. Oh, and okay. there's been such a restricted export tax on that company for so long that they haven't been able to export the drug. And that recently got removed. So beyond what we're being told and beyond what the mainstream is telling us, because almost all the mainstream media is cutting off the president now. Like at the press briefing, they're, true. they're just saying like, Oh, you don't need to hear this. We're going to tell you what he meant to say type thing. And that's dangerous. No matter what you believe about the president of the United States or or whatever, cutting off somebody and being able to tell for yourself and do your own research is super dangerous. Um, I don't want to live in a Fahrenheit 451 world. I don't want to live in an Orwellian Yeah. Uh, situation where we're being told what to believe. Yeah, 1984, equilibrium, Fahrenheit 451. Take your pick. Yeah. 
Take your pick. I recently bought 1984 again. I'm going to read that. Maze Runner. Uh, any of the Hunger Games series. It's all the same. Yeah. Fuck, even Ender's Game. Yeah, even that uh, that documentary, uh, Out of Out of Shadows, has gotten over 10 million views, which is... I might take a look into that later tonight. You should. Um, fuck, I'll watch it with you, man. Like, it's it's uh, enlightening, to say the least. Um, but I'm, I'm going to kind of pull it back to this COVID-19 thing, because mm-hmm. I told you I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, and this is coming from a nurse. Uh, I don't know if there's any other healthcare professionals out there that feel this same way. Knock it off with like the self gratification and like glorified posts about you being an essential worker. Yeah. Fucking Christ, man. Like, this is the job. This is probably not the job you wanted, but it's the job you have. When you went to nursing school, I bet. 85% of you out there were like, I want to deliver babies and hold the cute babies and be like baby, baby. Yeah. And now you find yourself in this situation and you never thought you would. But like, you don't need the self gratification and like the look at me, I'm an essential worker fucking posts of you wearing your face mask at work or taking your face mask off at after a 12-hour shift, I work f- almost 14 hours a day when I go in. I pretty much wear a mask that entire time I'm interacting with patients. I haven't said shit about it. Yeah. Same with, to- same with me. I, I work in an FCC-funded company that's an essential workforce to communications. Haven't said anything. Yeah. Like, you don't need this glorification of, like... Fuck you. Seriously. Like, if you're a nurse and doing that, like, oh, I'm posting a picture of myself crying because today was so hard and I lost it. Fuck you. Yep. Seriously. And this is coming from a nurse. Like, I will 100% say as a fellow nurse, I don't give a fuck. Right. I don't. Yeah. Like... I understand this is like an infectious disease or whatever. Put your fucking big boy pants on, your big girl pants on, go to work, do your fucking job, go home, talk about it with your family and friends. You don't need social media attention over it. Like, you have done nothing special. And all the people, like, making these cartoons and shit, like, okay, so there's a lot of you out there that say that about soldiers, that go out there and they're like, oh, I've been shot at and stuff. Like, look at me, look at me. And and you're like, well, that's what you signed up for. Welcome to the fucking club now. Right. Well, even then, like, <laughs> the actual, you know, warriors that have gone overseas and, and seen shit are not the first to talk about it. True. And, and some do if asked, but some don't also. And right. being back in Idaho, there was this guy I went to high school with who is friends with uh, my sister's boyfriend and, and he, I, I got to talking with him and he was like, Oh yeah, Alex, 
He was in the Marine Corps. He wasn't in the Marine Corps, first of all. He was in the Army Infantry. And he claims to have 200-something confirmed kills. Which, first of all... Is unheard of. If anybody knows anything about the military, confirmed kills isn't even a thing. It's not really even a thing. As far as, like, documenting every single... Uh, kill that you've gotten or whatever. It, it is for the sniper community, but that's about it. Yeah, and he was basic army infantry, and he comes back and he's telling all these people that I've killed over 200 people, blah, 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 and immediately I know, <laughs> oh, it's this kid named Alex, full of shit. He yeah. was, he's been full of shit since I've known him. Right. Uh, and it pisses me off. It, it Honestly, like the whole idea of faults of valor or whatever, I don't... I don't really care. Uh, I don't care about that stuff that much either. But when you're going around like flaunting your masculinity over how many people you've killed overseas and it's false, like what's the point, dude? Uh, th- yeah, and that's exactly how I feel about all of these healthcare workers posting pictures. I- I've got friends that do it. They take pictures of themselves. They're on Facebook. They take pictures of themselves at the end of the day. Like, I finally got to take my mask off. And they got the lines and the bruises from the mask being on all day. Guess what? I have the same thing. Yep. Uh, I I took my mask off uh, the other day. It took four and a half hours for the lines in my face to go away. Right. But you didn't post it on Facebook? No, I didn't. Oh, wow. Like, I don't know how people are supposed to know I'm essential or a nurse unless I do that. You know, it, it's it's really hard to wrap my, my fucking head around. Or unless I change, like, the thing around my profile picture that says, I can't stay home, I'm a, I'm a nurse. Yeah. Oh, do you know what's even better Fuck than that? Fuck you guys, dude. The celebrities that think that people still give a shit what they think. <clears throat> or the celebrities that are like, you need to do this, you need to do that, and we need to be mindful. It's like, oh, my God, thank God the celebrity came out and said thank, this. Th- thank you, Janet Jackson. Thank you. Thank you so much, because yeah. if you wouldn't have said this, I would have no idea to wash my hands. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's comical. Do you know what's really funny about that? Before, Even before all this COVID stuff started, Yeah. Um, when I was in nursing school, uh, we were on break, and I was using the bathroom, and another kid from my class came in and used the bathroom, and we were sitting there washing our hands in the sinks next to each other. And he's like, you wash your hands really thoroughly. This guy's supposed to be a fucking nurse. Yeah. And I was like, uh, yeah, I do. For me, it comes from habit because I have that turtle downstairs that I have to deal with. Right. And it's like, the turtle, like, if if you were to ask me today as an adult, do you want a pet turtle? No. But I got it as a kid. It's still alive. It's still around. It's kind of a gross pet to have. But I have him, and I have to take care of him. So I'm really conscientious about, like, scrubbing my hands thoroughly all the time. This guy, he's supposed to be a nurse. He's supposed to be washing his hands basically exactly like I'm already doing. Yep. He's a, and he con- like commented on how thoroughly I was washing my hands. Right. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? 
Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. <laughs> and I'll say this too. I'll say this too. This Moscow Mule had so much vodka in it. It's fucking insane. <laughs> Continue. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. That had a lot of vodka in it. I'm having a hard time filling it. Really? Oh, I feel it a lot. I, I think it's going to catch up to me. I think um, my issue right now is all the rice and stuff in my stomach is mm. slowing the absorption. Yeah. Um, But it's going to happen because we ate a lot of rice Yep. and sweet potato noodles and, and stuff with all that. So it's just a matter of time. Like those two beers I drank earlier right. was on an empty stomach, and I was like, I would be hard pressed to drink another one right now. Right. But Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what they're putting in this, but it says craft vodka, ginger beer, lime juice. Yep, and a big government warning that's probably half the can. According to the Surgeon General, women should not drink alcoholic beverages during pregnancy. Consumption of alcoholic beverages impairs your ability to drive a car and operate machinery and may cause health problems. So, yeah. Six times distilled, house-made, fresh-squeezed vodka, ginger, beer, and lime juice. And that might be it. The the times distilled. Yeah, because that means it's really pure. Yeah. That might be it. Um What one do you want? 801. 801. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm not really uh, feeling the alcohol right now. So, But, yeah, I, I, I forget what I called it in the car, but it was, like, the perfect term. Anyway, it's these nurses that are out there, CNAs, whatever have you, posting pictures of themselves with their fucking masks on. Yeah. Every one of you that do that, this coming from a fellow healthcare worker, I want to fucking hit you in the face as hard as I can. Yeah. That's it. That's all. None of the nurses I work with are doing it. None of the EMTs I, I work with are doing it. Law enforcement, they're all wearing masks. None of them are doing it. You're not special. You're not fucking special. You're doing your job. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's <laughs> it's funny the self-validation that's needed nowadays. Yeah, that's Man, a good that's way of putting it, it is. That's really all it is. It's like I need to I need to feel self-validated. I, I need people to thank me for my service. Yeah, because I went through all this stuff and I still have some things that I like haven't dealt with emotionally or mentally. I need people to thank me in order to feel like I'm essential. And uh, it's a job at the end of the day. It, well, and, you know, like, it is a job. And you might be classified as a, essential under the terms, like, that have been established. But shouldn't it feel you, essential you enough? You, you shouldn't be out there, like, trying to gain more glory. Like, notoriety, yeah. Yeah, like, um, you should feel just as satisfied by knowing you did it yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah. So one thing I'm going to throw out there and it's not anywhere near the same comparison, 
but how many Medal of Honor recipients do you have out there taking pictures of them reenacting the fucking deeds they got to get their Medal of Honor? How many? I haven't seen one. Exactly. So. Navy Cross recipients. Yeah. Not one. I haven't seen any. Not one. And I think most of the people that have gone through things like that, even Jocko Willink, the only reason he's so popular is he went on Joe Rogan. And even that, like, they told him to start a podcast, and he's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and he did the thing, but I don't even know if he's 100% comfortable, f- like, getting all that praise because he just did what he did. It was his job. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, fear no factor. Like, go after it, get after it. And, and, and it, if you talk to Brian, it's the same. Yeah. Like, Brian's like, I'm not concerned about that. That's the past. Right. I'm looking to the future. Yeah. The only thing he's concerned about with his past is getting fair financial compensation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and th- that's fine. But, like, he's not going around like, oh, yeah, I was the dude that put a bullet between fucking so-and-so's eyes. Yeah. Like, en- public enemy number one or whatever. He, but No. Just yeah. no. So, uh, I I have been actually thinking now that I'm officially hired through. I mean, it is the sheriff's department, but I am a county employee officially. Uh, search and rescue is done through Salt Lake County. It's a volunteer only position. But I'm thinking about picking up my woofer cert- certification, which is a uh, like wilderness fire rescue cert or something like that. I can't quite remember what it stands for (coughs) and becoming part of uh, Salt Lake County search and rescue. Okay. Uh, Because I, I've just kind of wanted to do that in general for a while. Uh, But um, that and, I uh, am wanting to get it so I can help Brian with his uh, um, his nonprofit that he's starting, uh, the military mobility, because I want to be able to go do like the pathfinding and stuff with his uh, nonprofit, and like have certification to back up the fact that yeah, you know, like make make it more legit for him, right? You know, because. He knows what he's doing. Like, if he had to treat an injury 500 miles away from civilization, he would know how to do it. I would know how to do it. Problem is, neither one of us have certification saying we know how to do it. Right. So I just, uh, I kind of want to go through those steps to make it all more... Civilian friendly. Yeah, and, and more like notoriety and stuff. And yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Because uh, what I think what he's doing is it's a valiant cause, and I believe in it. Yeah. He's trying to give people confidence and independence back, and I I, I fully believe in that. Right. So. Speaking of which, I've been getting into this series recently on the History Channel that is like uh, special operations versus another special operations versus contractors and they do 
Is like, it Ultimate Warrior? I don't think it's Ultimate Warrior, but it's it's like trials where they did, for example, it's uh, Navy SEALs versus Spetnaz versus Contractors, and one of them was Special Forces versus like nordic people like some uh like swedish people or no they were from norway special forces and contractors first of all the norway special forces sucked ass one of the guys one of the guys jammed his gun and it took him a minute and a half to unjam it um the special forces swooped the floor with them and the navy seals also swooped the floor with the other guys as well have you ever watched that show ultimate warrior yeah yep where they put the uh, Israeli commandos against the Navy SEALs. Yep. Yep. I did see that. It was pretty much a draw. I saw the one that was uh, Spetnaz versus, I think it was Green Berets and the Spetnaz one because of the fucking uh, ballistic knife that shoots out. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid. I'll tell you what, though. The Special Forces beat the, uh, oh, who was it against? I think it was against the contractors, like night and day. Really? Night and day. Special Forces is uh I have a special I guess place in my heart for special forces because they've they do some very unconventional shit. In Afghanistan they fought on horseback, which that's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, the twelve strong thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um but even the Navy SEALs versus the contractors on that show was Pretty night and day. Spetnaz, Spetnaz are interesting because their belief is to be always moving. And Navy SEALs was very opposite of that. Slow, methodical. Yeah. So there were some instances where Spetnaz like came out. It's just interesting to see the different trainings from different organizations. Um, yeah. But yeah, Spetnaz are very different creatures. That that that's why I think you would really like the um, series, The Devil's Brigade. Yeah, because it, it's literally about the very first special forces unit ever developed, mm-hmm. which was a combined operation between Canada and the United States. Um, the training took place between Wyoming and Montana. Uh in the United States for like the first two years of World War Two. Okay. These guys, all they did the whole fucking time was train to kill and get through like hard terrain in the worst of conditions. And uh, people made fun of them because they were like never deployed. They yeah. were never put into to combat. And then finally, like the invasion of Italy happened and these guys were put to the test they fucking conquered a mountain by themselves. Damn. A whole fucking mountain that was full of, like, a, a, a whole, like, regiment of other men. Yeah. And before they even did that, they were in the towns below the mountain causing havoc to enemy, like, forces of the um, Italian military and the, the German military. Like, they'd randomly kill people that were on guard duty and leave calling cards on them that said the worst is yet to come. Oh in yeah. I remember we talked about that before. Yeah. yeah. So like, and, and these guys were scaling cliffs with fucking combat boots on. Yeah. Like in the middle of the night to take out German machine gun nests. Like these guys were fucking monsters. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, dude, that reminds me of a. Uh, I have to send you this clip of. Uh, he was a Navy SEAL lead climber. Yeah. He was like a point man for the for the climbing, and he went climbing with just like this hippie dude that was into climbing and he was really into climbing and uh the navy seal showed up like with all of this gear and ready to go and then his guy he was climbing with showed up with like a marlboro in his mouth and like long hair and he's like all right man let's go climb so this guy start the navy seal starts climbing and he's like exhausted he's like he's like i don't know how i'm gonna do this i don't fucking know how where am I going to go from here? He's right, way far off the ground at this point. And the guy that he's with is next to him, free soloing without a rope. And he's just like, you should grab that spot there. And he's like, I almost fell off the cliff because I was so shocked he was next to me. I looked over and he wasn't wearing a rope. I almost shit my pants and fell. <laughs> He's like, this guy just pointed to, like, you should grab took right his, here. T- took his hand off the wall and was like, go for that. He was in sneakers, too, not even in climbing shoes. Shirtless, sneakers, cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He's like, you should grab that. The Navy still looked over to him and was like, uh, get the fuck away from me right now. Get away from me. He's like, okay, man. And he just kept going up the wall <laughs> without any ropes. Or See, and it, to me, that's, that's what's beautiful about climbing is like, the 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 guy that you're talking about is all technique. Yeah, it's all technique. Right. And familiar, like being familiar with your like body proprioception. You know, there's so much stuff that goes into it that people don't think about, and they're like, they watch that movie Free Solo with Alex Honnold. Yeah. And it's like you have no idea how many thousands of hours that guy had to put in to get to the point where he felt comfortable doing that. Dude, Alex Honnold one time in that same interview with the Navy SEAL, apparently Alex Honnold went up a mountain halfway up and forgot his chalk bag. So he climbed up to some other climbers and asked for a chalk bag, and the guy gave it to him. He's like, thanks, I'll just leave it at the top of the mountain, and he climbed way past, like... (sighs) Just kept going. It's like he just, he started the thing not even knowing he had chalk or not. Like he just started. It's crazy. But yeah. uh, the Navy SEAL was like. I've watched Alex Honnold uh, climb a 10 story building free solo. That's insane. That's not insane. even a rock face, like just a fucking building with bricks on it. The Navy SEAL said after the thing with the tennis shoe guy, and he's like, hey, you should grab that. He's like, I just, I, I felt like such a bitch that I didn't ever want to climb again. Because he's like, if I'm the lead climber in a Navy SEAL unit or a Navy SEAL team, and this guy's doing this, like, what is the potential? I feel like such a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm sure, like, that's kind of what you were saying Jocko Willing fell about jujitsu. Yeah. It's like he went and did jujitsu the first time and he got tapped. And he was like, what the fuck? By a white belt. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that, that just goes to show you there's like a <laughs> lot of different disciplines out there and there's a lot of knowledge yeah. for each discipline, you know? Right. Like, I consider myself to be a pretty decent climber. Um, I'm kind of out of shape. I should probably stop drinking beer tonight. Uh, 
But to be fair, this is the first real beer I've drank in a long time. Um, Me too, oh, actually. It's over been a month. It's been it's been well over a month since I've drank actual beer. Uh, but and then once you go back up to Idaho, I'm probably not going to touch the stuff again until next weekend. Yep. And even then, it'll be like two drinks and I'll be done. But, uh, yeah, like, I consider myself to be a pretty good climber, even though I'm kind of out of shape and stuff. Uh, it would take maybe two solid weeks of climbing, like, four days straight. Not four days straight, but four days out of each of those weeks. Yep. To get back to my confidence level. Mm-hmm. And I'm not anywhere near someone like Hazel Finlay or Shauna Coxie or, right, you know, the um, people that Sasha DeGillian. The obsessive. Like, yeah, these the, like the guys that are sponsored by other people. Like, hey, Alex, we just made a new type of climbing shoe. Would you show them off for us? What's in it for me? We'll pay your living expenses for three months. Cool. Yeah. Give me five pairs of shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's insane to me. But the same thing, uh, same thing that's insane to us, there are things that would be insane to them too. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Just, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, Alex Honnold would even be afraid of like doing some of the things that airborne guys does. Yeah. Like that. And that's procedure for them. That's just normal life, normal life for them. So, I mean, it's, it's all perspective. So, and anyway, I got to go to the bathroom. Hello. Hey, Uzi. How you doing, buddy? Yeah? I didn't know if you were coming down this weekend. I missed you. Yeah. If I would have left him, it would have been chaos. You think? Yeah. Why? You just got such anxiety problems. Especially at nighttime. Yeah? Yeah. How often have you been uh, getting out of the house up there? Um, I take him running, so we have the eight acres, so I... I go running around the perimeter. I try to take him. He goes on a walk every day. My dad takes him usually, usually two miles. So he's been pretty active. I was um, going to say he looks a little thinner. Yeah. Regardless been, of the the yeah. haircut. Yeah, he hasn't been eating as much, but he has been more active. So that's both have probably played into that. Um, but yeah, he's... I don't know. He's... He's just alive, you know. He's just chilling. Yeah, I'm. I mean, he's a good dog. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, he, he has a tendency to bark, but I do miss having him around. You should see my parents' dogs. Really, uncontrollable barking. It's it's, and they don't discipline their dogs. I, I kind of remember that from us uh, playing COD. Like, yeah. You were like, shut up. Shut we up. We were recording one of the podcasts, actually. 
And it, all my dad does is shh, shh, shh. And it takes me going out there going, hey, shut up. <laughs> and then my parents are like, you don't have to be so disrespectful. <laughs> I'm like, you have to be. They're like toddlers. <laughs> yeah. Th- they are. Yeah, that, they, they really are. Dogs yeah. have the, what, co- cognitive ability of about a three to five-year-old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you don't show the assertiveness, they're going to walk all over you and do whatever they want. Right. And that's where my parents don't get it. They're like too kind-minded. And I'm like, you have to be assertive or they will just, they will own you forever. So speaking of your parents, how's your dad's health? It's fine. Yeah. He's fine. He just, he doesn't do a lot. Uh, and it pisses my mom off. Like all day, he pretty much sits on an iPad and like browses the internet because he's <laughs> retired now. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. What you told me, he had a uh, Q clearance at one point. He did have Q clearance, yes. Um, he had the Q clearance. And I tried to press more out of him from it, and he won't tell me anything. So, good man. Yeah, but he's he's a very. If I give him one thing, one thing that I can say about my father is he is an extremely loyal person. Like if he says he's going to do something, he will do it. Otherwise, he feels like he's lying and he's let himself down. Like he hasn't had caffeine pretty much his entire life because it's against the LDS religion or whatever. But at least he is willing to stick with it, if anything. Yeah, yeah. So he won't even have chocolate because a lot of chocolate has caffeine in it. Yeah, that that's the concern when dogs eat it. It's not the chocolate itself. Right. It's the fact that it's got caffeine in it. So if anything, he got that clearance because how trustworthy he is, which is – that's pretty – that's a good trait to have. But Yeah. Um, well, and – it kind of goes back to eating the level 10 cup bop earlier. Uh, Liz was like, why did you do this to yourself? And it's like, I said I would. Yeah. I made a promise that I would do this when Caden came back. And so I am I had to do it. Yeah. You know? Like, did I have to do it? No. But I said I would, so I'm going to. Right. And apparently Q is more... It's more than Department of Energy, even special Army Special Forces. Once you go through Special Forces selection process, you go to another school called uh, SFQC, Special Forces Q course, which okay. is just the letter Q. And there's if you look on YouTube, there's nothing about that course. That's where it becomes silent. You have the special forces selection process. You can go on YouTube, watch all the videos you want about that. Gives you a pretty good idea of what to expect going into that type of field. But once you get past that into the Q course, there's nothing. Is that like Delta Force level stuff? No. Delta Force picks from Rangers special forces. They're like their own group that hand selects people. Um, Okay. But you do get certain level of clearances in special forces because if you look at I believe Navy SEALs are Tier 2 operators. Uh, Marine Corps, MARSOC. Uh, what, what is it? What's the... Uh, what did MARSOC get rebranded to? The World War II Battalion that was like... Bad. The Raiders. The Raiders. So you have MARSOC, the Raiders, Marine Corps Recon, all Tier 3 operators. Then you have the Navy SEALs 
tier two operators. The only tier one operators that exist are Delta Force and most like there's no information on them. They technically don't exist, uh, but they pick from Rangers primarily. I had a neighbor of mine that I grew up with. His brother was a ranger and got killed in Cornwall. Really? Yeah, it can happen to anybody. I mean, there was a there were three special forces guys who were killed by a ally uh, guard, just a security guard. They rolled up to a base. The security guard didn't know what was going on. He shot three three special forces guys and killed them. Got sentenced to death by their government, as he sh- probably should. Yeah, uh, you never know. Um, David's brother was not like that. Uh, he he got killed in a firefight against the Taliban. Yeah. Uh, if you watch the documentary slash movie Restrepo, mm-hmm. uh, that's the fight he got killed in. Oh wow! Staff Sergeant Rugel. Uh, Army Ranger was out there with a regular army battalion uh, collecting intelligence, and they were trying to dig a fighting position and start a fob all at the same time, and they came under attack, and he died during the firefight. Okay. So. Yeah, it, it it's interesting to me. The more research I do, the difference in special operations groups, like what their role is. Um, special Forces is like a strange... It's a strange area of the military in the sense that they choose the strongest of the strong, but they also have to be extremely mentally sharp because they send these guys in. Yeah, they're not meatheads. Right. They send in 12 of these guys, and these guys are capable of overthrowing an entire government. Uh, right. and, and that's, like, incredible. And, and like, uh, the Raiders... And Navy SEALs also have their place, too, because a lot of Navy SEALs are probably the most brute force, unconventional, just killers. And they're definitely smart, too. And and, (coughs) there's a show that was out a while back. I don't know if it's still around, but it's called uh, Navy SEALs Declassified. Mm -hmm. And it's a bunch of different operations that Navy SEALs have done that has now been declassified and they actually talk to retired SEALs that were part of them. And uh, one of the episodes, they were talking to a group of guys that were tasked with like defending um, a U.S. uh, asset, which was a foreign dignitary of some kind. Yeah. uh, In the middle of Africa. And they came under attack. And uh, they finally got local reinforcements to come in and back them up and repel the attack. And one of the Navy SEALs took a, the magazine out. His It was his last magazine. He took it out of his rifle. He had six rounds left. And he's like, this was all that stood between me and going to hand-to-hand combat to yeah. save your life. Right. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I couldn't be a SEAL. I can tell you right now. Um, seals in particular, the swimming aspect, I, I can't, yeah. I can't do it. I, um, there's, there's no way I just, it's, it's all a mental game. I get that. Um, but me knowing what I know about the seals, 
especially from the swimming perspective, I don't have the mental acuity to do that. Right. I really don't. Um, I've considered trying for special forces, 18 x-ray. I've considered doing that. And I think that would be the best fit for me if I were to go after that type of job. Right. Um, primarily because like, I don't know there's something about that, that force that like draws me to it. And especially if, if all this stuff that I believe about COVID-19 and all these operations going on are true, if it actually comes down to like, this was a military operation to like go after drug cartels and child traffickers and all this stuff. If that comes out to be true, I will probably end up joining the army and trying for special forces because I want to do that fucking job. I want to be the guy that busts down child trafficker. I want to fucking do that. Okay. Um, that's what intrigues me about that is that they are on a tier that goes after things that people don't hear about. Like and, the act of valor thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If it comes down to like going after child sex traffickers and, and stuff like that, sign me up, dude. Cause that's something I can get behind 110%. You know, what's crazy is, uh, like, so I'm, I've kind of made a decision within this last week about how I'm going to operate within the gel as a nurse because uh, it skews what you do. It really does. It, like, not not what you do, but, like... How you think? How you think and and what you want to do versus, like, what your job is. And, uh, so there's a couple of inmates there. I'm not friends with them, but like, I'm, I'm developing a decent rapport with a few people there, guards and inmates alike. And, you know, like I've got some inmates that are like, I'm not get, I'm not taking my meds. I'm not doing this. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. And you're like okay, you're just kind of an asshole mm-hmm. and you're not going to do like, you're not going to be compliant with your medication and blah, 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 blah. And you're, you're creating a lot of extra work for me and I don't like you because of that. Uh, but when you have those patients that are, are compliant with their medication or treatments or whatever, and you're doing your thing, it it makes life a lot easier and especially when there are like people that have to come see you for an extended period of time for whatever's going on say it's like a a wound care thing right and it's like okay i've got to bandage up this thing on your leg or i've got to check your blood sugar and give you insulin or this or that or i've got to check on your wound vac i've got to you know, do this or that, help you set up your CPAP machine for the night, whatever it is. And you're like with them for an extended period of time and they're pleasant to be around. You're, you're like, okay, this, this isn't too bad compared to, you know, the guy that I'm trying to just give a fucking ibuprofen to. And he's telling me to fuck off. Right. And fuck your mother and all this other stuff. So I found out, like, two of the people that I actually kind of jive with 
there as far as medical treatments go. Pedophiles. I found that out the other day. Really? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, fuck, dude. I can never look at them the same way again. Right, and it's crazy because you would never think that. It, it's true. It's true. Like, there's some people in there, like, and I'm like, uh, what What the fuck did this guy do to get in here? Yeah. But I've come to a conclusion that I'm just, I'm not going to look it up because it does. It, it, like, it, as much as you want to say it, it's not going to change the way you perceive the person as a patient. It changes the way you perceive them. Right. And it's not going to change the care I give because that's a legal issue. Right. Uh, but it, it does change your perception. And, and if you can just remain non-biased. Are they awaiting trial at that point? I, I don't know. If they're, I'll say this. If it's a pedophile and they're awaiting trial and they get sent to a prison, they'll most likely be killed in prison. Uh I I don't know cuz I mean there's some people in the jail that have been convicted. Oh really? Yeah, and just they're an just overflow issue. Yeah, and they're just serving out their sentence in the jail versus the prison. So, uh it it's I don't know. It, it it's kind of like its own little world, but yeah, I came to that conclusion this week. It's like I don't want to know what these people have done. Yeah, that's probably a good move. Um, there's a few people in there that I know from my past that I would like to know what they've done, and I'll probably look that up at some point uh, on public records. But not through OMS, uh, which is like their system they use in the jail to keep track of everybody. Uh, but... I'll look it up on public record and see what the official like public account says. Maybe. I don't know. But there's a uh, there's a few people I've run into there that are inmates that I know that like used to be neighbors of mine or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but like the two people I'm thinking of in particular now would never guessed. Right. Would have never guessed. And it was a coworker that told me what they were in for. And you never know. It's like, it could be your neighbor. It could be, like, you have no... It, it, really, it, it could be. Because, like, there was one guy I I was given meds to uh, last week. And the person I was working with, like... Because there's some people that are curious and they look it up. Yeah. You know, it, it's hard not to. I'm not going to lie. There's like that temptation that's there. And it's not really necessarily against the rules. But uh, they were like, yeah, this this guy's so nice and he's so like friendly and stuff. And I was like, what the fuck? How did this dude wind up in here? My coworker said, you know, I I looked it up. And they had DNA on file from a murder back in the 1980s, and they were just barely able to test it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> there are some smart motherfuckers out there that are also evil as shit. Yeah. Clearly, this person was one of them. Like, it's, like it's 30 social. years. Got it's, away with it over 30 years. 
it's it's psychopathic like you you truly don't know and that's what terrifies me about it is like in the real world how many people have i come across and i think we've talked about this in the past we don't want to know but how many people have we come across that we've shaken hands with that are like a the child bundies or child sex offender or like a trafficker or whatever the ted bundies of the world yeah you don't know like how many of them are there that haven't been caught and that's terrifying yeah it is <laughs> it really is it, it, it and you know uh i don't know i really like to i really like my job and Because I enjoy my job, uh, you know, I, I've I've come to a conclusion about myself. I don't care if you're in there for stealing a car, dealing drugs. Well, I I do care on the offense, and that's why I'm not gonna look it up anymore. Like I'm not yeah. gonna look into it, you know. Especially if it's like domestic violence against a dog or something. Yeah. Ooh. Like the, the, there's one guy in there, like, and I got all of this secondhand from a coworker, so I don't know. You know, I I haven't made a, a point to look up stuff. Maybe your coworker's a pedophile. Could be. You don't know. I I don't. Yeah. And but uh, I got all this secondhand from a coworker because the person that I initially worked with that trained me back during my capstone was like, I don't look this stuff up. I don't need to know. It shouldn't have any um, effect on how I take care of patients, how I treat them. You know, like, patients are patients. Yeah. And so I don't look it up. And I'm like, that's fair. And I respect that. And right. now actually working there and getting paid to work there and having more responsibility there, I can understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Because when my coworker told me all this stuff secondhand, I was like, Jesus Christ, you know, like these, these guys look at me straight in the face and they're like, they're kind, they're polite. They don't give me any shit. Like they don't argue with me. Yeah. You know, I would have never guessed. Right. And I, I shouldn't have to. Yeah. So, uh, like the, the, there's a couple in there that are like, obviously like domestic violence cases or, you know, car thefts, pedophilia, drugs, whatever have you. There's like the list; it, it's in there, but it's it's not my. It's public record, but it's not my business to know as a healthcare professional. Yeah. Uh, and one thing interesting I did find out is uh, that like the state hospital where they keep uh, people that are too far gone to be part of society but aren't necessarily a criminal threat uh that that's kind of like full so they're they're renting out uh one unit of the jail mm. so the state's paying the county to use one unit of the jail as basically a psych ward oh wow and uh, I went in there a few days ago to pass meds and do some like diabetic checks and stuff and totally different feeling. 
completely different from the rest of the gel. It's it's just weird. really oh yeah. I mean, it looks like the rest of the gel, except for there's like stuff hanging on the walls. <laughs> huh. From from the patients in there. Yeah. Like pictures or like lists, rules, whatever. Like there's like stuff that you could like go and pull down off the wall. So it's more lax. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, I would say so. That's yeah. interesting. Because there, there are people that are like sick enough that they shouldn't be part of society, but they're not criminal, right? Right. So these guys are just in there, and it, it's like a hospital, except for it's in a jail. So it's pretty interesting. That is interesting. Uh like they they I don't as far as I know they don't have restricted time out or anything like that. It's not like it's not like it's the gel. It's in the gel, but it's not like it's in the gel. You know. They do all their like group sessions and Huh. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. They even have like their own office over there for the psychologist and social worker. Wow. Because I was kind of, uh, and I don't know how much of this I should be saying. And I mean, it should be public record because it's like the state renting out a space from the county. So. I mean, it should be public record. I'm not giving up any names. I'm not saying, like, anything about the patients on a personal level that are in there. But, uh, yeah, it, it's it's like its own little bubble. It, it's pretty it, – it's actually kind of enjoyable to be in there. Interesting. Versus the rest of the jail. That's so strange. Do the regular correctional officers go in there? Uh, yeah, there's one. Uh, there's one assigned there every day. Okay. And he is at the guard station, just like he would be in any other unit. But it's, I, I, I don't, I don't really know how it works from their end. But yeah, it's, it's a completely different feel. And the reason I asked a question about it in the first place is they like those people there wear a different color than the rest of the gel does. Interesting. And I was like, what's up with this? And they're like, well, they're technically not inmates, quote-unquote. They're overflow from the state hospital. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So... I I actually kind of liked working there, in there that day. It was pretty good. Huh. Um. There's a couple of other areas that like, uh, this inmate painted some murals on the wall. They allowed him to do it. And they're really good. Really good, like outdoor nature scenes. Really, really good. I don't know how long ago it happened, but somebody told me, like, yeah, an inmate made those. And I was like, are you serious? And they're like, yeah. Holy shit. They're really fucking good, dude. 
Yeah, that is like better than Bob Ross. It is insane how artistic, yeah. psychopathic people can be. <laughs> like, what was that lady that Microsoft just posted a thing about her? It's like Marina Somethingovich. Zdrastovich, some some weird name, where she uh, she's an artist supposedly, um, but her whole artistic view is like spirit cooking. Explain. It's like perceived cannibalism. Okay. And they Microsoft posted this like, oh look at this nice lady, and. It got so many dislikes and so few likes that they had to remove it. It's like this this bitch isn't an artist, she's a cannibalist. <laughs> and it was widespread and they took it they had to take down the video because it was so bad. I wonder if people view my art that way. No, they don't view your there are some artists that get so I mean, this lady was like posing with naked babies and shit. Yeah, and and that's okay if you're doing like the uh initial like there's like um they call it uh fetal photography. Like a mother and a father with their baby or yeah, something. Yeah. No, this is some random okay. ass woman with a freaking baby like pointing at its penis. Like weird shit that's not even related to her. Yeah, yeah. So I there, there's a difference between fetal photography and and that. No, there's a yeah, no, it because it, it my sister does a lot of portrait photography, right, and she does um fetal pictures as well, <laughs> mom and dad holding the baby and yeah. you know being cute or whatever yes you baby want. baby butt action it's fine, yeah, yeah, and and that's pretty standard, yeah, the black and white, look at my baby, I'm a new mom, I'm yep. a new dad, yeah. That's pretty standard stuff, but yeah, I I, I don't know who you're talking about. She's I don't fucked up. She like has know. pictures of her holding like a goat's head being like chopped off and like blood dripping off of it, like weird shit. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't like her, but she's part of the World Health Organization, which is great. So I'm. So she's part of the who. <laughs> yeah. Really. Uh, she's she's. Heavily involved in the Rockefellers and the uh, Rothschilds, and she is a fucked up woman. She is a, yeah, not good. And her main student is Lady Gaga. Really? Who Lady Gaga just got appointed to the Who, actually. Really? Yes. I'm going to look this up because yeah, that's, that's fucking weird. Yeah, just type in Lady Gaga World Health Organization. It'll come right up. So she committed uh, money to the who. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Virtual concert to raise money. <coughs> World. Yeah, it's it's all. Uh, Global citizen announce one world together at something. One world together at home. Um, if you type in Lady Gaga appointed, 
uh, Marina. It's, it's oh, so without the World Health Organization part. Yeah, just take away the World Health Organization because she's heavily involved in that as well as her mom is as well. So Marina? That's like that. Abramovic. 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 And then if you click on... Okay. Yeah, so that's the lady. If you were to guess how old that lady is... Just by seeing uh, seeing her picture, what would you guess her age would be? Mid-50s. She's 73 years old. Seriously? Yeah. Now, after that, after her name, type in spirit cooking. Holy shit. I don't even have to type it in. And this, is the, this goes back to the thing where Google is in, in control. So look at this shit. Okay, that's Marina. I am not a Satanist. (laughs) Yeah. So in that first picture you pulled up, it's her and Lady Gaga in front of what appears to be a a corpse. Corpse of a woman, uh, and Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is eating it. Right there. Yeah. It's it's weird shit. So that looks like a cadaver that's had its skin removed. Um, okay. And then you uh, go here, and it's with a sharp knife cut deeply into the middle finger of your left hand and eat the pain. But remember, she's an artist, so this is okay. Yeah, and and she's holding a goat skull right there that still has some blood on it. Uh... She just wants conspiracy theorists to let her be, and she's standing on a pile of body parts. Um, yeah, it's fucking nasty. I I really don't understand it. I don't know how how. I now, mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that's called art that I question, but like, what's this about children? are being forced. Can you read the rest wow. of that? Uh, this is making main Google now, which is insane. It's coming up with Pizzagate stuff. Uh, children are being forced rituals like spirit cooking and intentionally disguised as performance art. Uh, yeah, so children are being forced to participate in satanic rituals like spirit cooking are intentionally disguised as performance art. So I'm I am gonna, shocked this is coming up in Google now because four months ago this would not have come up in Google. So I'm going to look up what spirit cooking is. This is new to me as far as being visible on Google. That is... So spirit cooking. There's more pictures of the same lady because I'm on images right now. Let's go to all. Uh, there, uh, there's the song. a song. Available on your favorite streaming platforms. See, there's that Microsoft commercial they put out. Some believe Marina Abramovic Abramovic, uh, is the satanic ringleader of a global political conspiracy. That's ludicrous, but 
here's what they get right. Blah, blah, so blah. and here's the thing. Out of the shadows, you were talking about yeah, this. Yeah, that's that that's a great, great documentary. I recommend it to you all. Uh at out of shadows.org, go watch it. And then judge for yourself. I don't want to tell you anything. Go watch the documentary and judge for yourself. Snopes.com, piece of shit. It's run by three people. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. It's run by three people. One of them is a convicted sex offender, and two of them are PR people for the pornography industry. Really? Correct. But it's painted as this big fact-checking website that says if things are true or false. And funny enough, it's only run by three people. They don't even have a team of fact-checkers. Let's see. I'm going to try to, like... So I'm only using Google right now. I'm not going, like, super deep with this, but... So if you go to DuckDuckGo.com, okay. that is the uncensored version of Google. Okay. They don't track your info, and it's very uh, uncensored. What is spirit cooking? And as you can see pretty high up and you're finding much more relevant information what you're looking for yeah what the fuck is spirit cooking as why is it trending here we go sorry i'm having a hard time typing things are becoming blurry which is where i want to be and there's abronovich's yeah. weird ass art eat the pain yeah just when you thought Nothing about 2016 could get weirder. It just did. Blah, 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 blah. WikiLeaks, email dump. Oh, oozy. Oozy. So, yeah, there's emails with John Podesta. Podesta, yeah. From 2015. <laughs> Very odd stuff. Odd, yeah, very odd. I don't know what to make of it. Um, um you can get deep into the rabbit hole, and I'm not willing to do that right now. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. So this bitch is. Uh, she basically got so disliked that they removed her off the Microsoft platform. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they put her in a commercial, and there were like 600 likes and like 60,000 dislikes of being like, this lady is a practicing witch. Like, Literally before today, I'd never heard of her. Right. Right. But she's Until you said her name like 10 minutes ago. She's the main inspiration for Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga's mom is involved with the World Health Organization. The head of the World Health Organization uh, was actually a dictator in... Africa or South America, who was a dictator. He was literally a dictator and was huh. ushering in Chinese beliefs, Chinese control for these areas in uh, Africa. And it's now coming out that 
pretty much the Chinese have controlled the World Health Organization since this guy's been in. It it gets deep, guys. I just encourage you to look. I, I don't Tedros Adhanom. Adhanom. Who's that? That's the head of the World Health Organization. Okay. So, guys, I don't want to tell you any conspiracies. Look it up yourself. Do your own research. But this guy is not a good man. <laughs> He's an Ethiopian microbiologist an internationally recognized malaria researcher who has served since 2017 as director of gen D- director general of the World Health Organization he is the first non-physician and first african in the role that's the wiki page so um yeah it gets deep and it it gets really dark if you look into what this man has done to his own people. Um, it's it's gross. It's disgusting. I don't even want to... Is it like the Tuskegee thing? Where they like infected people with syphilis? It's worse because it's technocrats. It's ushering in technology to control people. Okay. Uh, and manipulate people and really bad stuff. But you know about the Tuskegee experiments, right? Yeah. Where they like basically let a let a black community die from that yep and then there was like the um race riot thing that happened in tulsa oklahoma back in like 1921 i think right Uh, well it, it comes back to bill gates and the event 201 with john hopkins uh i mean it specifically says COVID 19 a certification of vaccination ID by artificial intelligence. If you look at one and nine, 19, one being in the alphabet, the first letter of the alphabet is A, the ninth letter of the alphabet is I. So certification of vaccination by artificial intelligence. Kind of fucking strange that they did a drill, uh, for a wide, a worldwide pandemic and how to treat it and how to validate vaccination through artificial intelligence through an identification, which is an invisible ink tattoo that's injected via vaccination. Uh, not the vaccination itself, um, but something added to the vaccination in order to be kind of like a translucent tattoo where if you run like like going through tsa you go through a scanner you're vaccinated you're good to go the mark of the beast see and that's what freaks me out is like i'm i'm not a i'm not heavily into the christian thing anymore but part of me at one point was so heavily into it that like this mark of the beast stuff i still question (laughs) and i still look out for because do I believe Jesus came to die for all of our sins? No. I believe um, Jesus may have been a real person. He definitely was a real person. Yeah. Historically, like, that's indisputable. Uh, do I think he was the son of God? No. Do I think there is a God? Not really. Uh, but this Mark of the Beast stuff, like... I I don't know, man. I'm just like I'm I'm still on the fence about it. Like, were even, you told in your religious teachings that the second coming, quote unquote, would be in your lifetime? Yes. Me too. 
Me too. And that's, I think that's pretty widespread belong, uh, along any religious belief is that it'll be in our life. Yeah, but they were probably saying that back in the 1890s. They could have been. They definitely could have. I, I don't know. But I know that I was taught that it would be definitely Kay. in my lifetime. Yeah, so I, I, I was told that too. But if you go back to the Civil War in America, okay, yep. people were far more religious back then. Mm-hmm. For sure. Definitely not the way they are today. And uh, you you have 1860s, brothers fighting brothers, fathers, fathers fighting sons, you know. Right. Uh, basically chaos in the United States. Right. If you had told those people it was the end of days... Would they have believed it? Probably, yeah. You're going to see Jesus come back in your lifetime. Okay, yeah, I, I totally believe that. You know, my grandpa just killed my fucking dad. Right. On a battlefield in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so some of me thinks, thinks, thinks that that's what's going on right now. But... I think nowadays, especially in this technocracy reality we live in, especially with Verizon Wireless and uh, AOL launching new services called Moloch. Do you know what Moloch is? I know it's a motorcycle gang. So Moloch is a owl symbol. Um, Moloch is the god of basically sacrificing children to the devil. And it's... It's weird because all of these supposed cult, and that's a big thing of what the Bohemian Grove is, where all the elite meet. And this isn't a conspiracy. They actually do this. They meet in this area, and they have this weird sacrifice ritual uh, in front of this big owl, and they set it on fire. It's, It's weird shit. But I think it's weird that we live in a society now where there are very powerful people whether you believe in in religious stuff or not, there are people that believe in Satanism at the highest level and practice Satanism at the highest level. That's yeah. what's concerning to me. Not if you believe it or not, but these people do. And they're at the highest level of our governments. That's yeah. what's concerning. Yeah, and like like I said, for me personally, I don't necessarily believe... Uh, in Christianity in the sense that I used to where this is the way yeah. and it's the only way. Right. Uh, but I I have an I still have an issue with like this Mark of the Beast thing because like at any point in history you could probably point to something yeah and be like this is it yep you know the 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 people that were living through the black plague right were probably like this this is it yeah. you know uh world war 2 this is it right uh you know world war 1 spanish flu take your pick 
Yeah. The Great Depression. Like, you know, this is the end. Yeah. We're fucking going down. Uh, so in, in in that sense, I'm I'm like, is it the end of times? My aunt actually asked me earlier today. And I don't know if I brought that up or not earlier, but she she said, Dallas, do you think this, like, with all this stuff going on, do you think this is the end? And I'm like, no, I don't. And she said, why? Because my grandma's a religious fanatic, 100%, without question, for sure, a religious fanatic. Right. Uh and she uh she's like kind of got it ingrained in my head from a young age like don't take the mark of the beast and blah 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 and that's hard for me to separate from because i see scientific evidence of other things but when i told my aunt earlier today no i don't think it is the end and she asked me why i said this is a normal process of evolution. Um, regardless of how slow or fast it happens, the people that cannot resist this virus, if it is a real thing, uh, they're going to be gone. Yeah. And the hum human genome that is available to resist it will be found in those that are still of childbearing age and will be able to pass that along. Yeah. This is part of the evolutionary process. The issue is, is that we're cognitive <laughs> of what's going on. If we were fucking apes, chimpanzees, dogs, we wouldn't have any idea. Right. It'd just be normal evolution. Right. We'd have no fucking idea. Uh, and and she's like, that's an interesting way to think about it. And I was like, well, that's how I think about it. You know? Like, if I die, then I clearly didn't have the genetic makeup to make it through. And in the eyes of sci science and evolution, my genes shouldn't be passed on. That's why you have dozens of different types of Finch in the Galapagos where Darwin originally formed his ideal as like okay these ones have this type of beak because it helps them penetrate the nuts or blah 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 right that's where it all comes from the ones that didn't have the stronger beaks or like shaped a certain way weren't able to get through the nuts so they starved to death leaving those that could survive around right you know to me that's what's that's kind of what's happening here did you know so you know wazoo washington state university yeah did you know they've conducted experience or experiments where they've technically killed people they've stopped their heart rate and pumped oxygen into their blood to keep them basically alive and these people that have come back said they spoke with elves the elves the gray is what they call them 
like and aliens. Yeah. And these these people, these entities, told them about these technological breakthroughs, and they they would come back. They would bring these people back to life, and they would apply this knowledge that they brought back, and it would work. Yeah. It, it, huh. As crazy as that sounds, and the Nazis experienced the same thing. Oh, I know the Nazis were like, they were out there, man. Like, yeah. Yeah, they, they did some weird shit. And most people don't know that in South America, a lot of Argentina and a few other providences of, of South America have hundreds of thousands of Nazi descendants living there to this day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's this weird... I, I actually... Uh, sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. Um, I was listening to NPR... Uh, I think it's called This American Life Okay, is uh, the show. But they were talking to a woman who was like, yeah, I, I, my grandpa and grandma lived in South America. We'd go visit them every so often, blah, blah, blah. She found out like her, her grandfather was the head of a Nazi death camp. Wow. And she's like, I had no idea. I had been taught my whole life through school and everything. Nazis are these evil people. And here, here this person was, my grandfather, showed me all the love and kindness in the world. And when he died and we got his property, there was like Nazi gold. Wow. Nazi flags, paraphernalia, um, a book in, in there, like documents, uh, from the Nazi government allowing him to marry her grandmother. Yeah. All sorts of shit. All of his uh, military records and everything. And she's like, my grandpa was part of the genocide. Yeah. I was like, when I was listening to this, I had fucking chills, dude. A lot of people don't know that. Like the SS, the induction to the SS is chilling. Yeah. Um, the sense that these people from a young age, I mean, Hitler had, I mean, I think six to eight years before the war started. Um, and these young kids, basically they would be raised in basically the boy scouts. It was like in very innocent at first. They were given yes. a German shepherd, they, they very innocent upbringing. And then like on their birthday, they were given strippers and then they would give them a lot of drugs and all these weird shit. Uh, Just watch the Kingsman, the first yeah. Kingsman. That's what it was like. And when they inducted these people into it, when they got through the SS training, the German shepherd that they had been gifted from a young age, in order to graduate the SS training, they were required to strangle their own German shepherd that they had raised for years by hand. I, I, I don't know if I could do it. I, I don't know if I could either. I don't think... I mean, that's that's a very sophisticated level of brainwashing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. I mean, when you get to that point, you probably could, considering like all of the grooming and stuff that's taken place beforehand. Yeah. But I, I like me as a person right now. If somebody was like walk outside and kill Smiley with your bare hands, I'd be like, I can't do it. Yeah. You're going to have to kill me. Hitler was a very sophisticated man. Uh, even his mistress, 
didn't know who he was, really. Yeah. She tried to commit suicide various times. Um, and she said, like, she never really had a connection with this guy. And even the guys that surrounded him when he came into power. And this sense of, like, weird experiments they would do, like injecting dye into people's eyes. You have brown eyes? Let's inject dye into your eyes. Yeah. Um, oh, you have twins? Let's torture one of the twins to see if the other twin has a reaction. Yeah, and weird. it was almost always identical twins, too. Weird shit. Yeah. And um, after the war ended, through Operation Paperclip, we just happily brought all these... All, all of them. Nazi scientists over to the United States and put them in prominent positions of power. Of uh, and it, it's all like weird the guy shit. who developed the engine for the V two rocket was the same guy that helped develop the engine for the Apollo program. Right, exactly. Yeah, Warner von Braun. Yeah, um, he's uh, the legacy of Nazism to the occultist level still exists in this world to this day. And it's it's bizarre. It's strange. I don't have any explanation for it. I don't have any links to it, but it happened. It's real. Uh, Yeah, no, it it definitely is. And speaking of Nazism and neo-Nazism or white supremacy or whatever, one thing that's been concerning to me is since I've been hired at the jail, I've had a lot of people ask about my tattoo. Yeah. On my arm. Because... Just the boots hang below my sleeve. And it's only the boots. That's all you can see. Um, They look like Doc Martens, which are like the old school army boots. Mm -hmm. That's what they wore in Vietnam and prior. And uh, I had one guy uh, that I was passing meds to one time, and he was like, are those Doc Martens? And I was like, I don't know. I I don't know. And he asked, do they have 14 eyelets on them? And I was like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Uh, You know, and I was like, like, I'll show you in a second. I passed the meds. He took his meds. I lifted out my sleeve. And he got, like, super fucking excited for some reason. And he showed me his back tattoo, which said something about the boys on it. And I was like, what the fuck? And I look, and when he turned back around, I saw um, like this swastika hidden in the pattern tattooed on his chest. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And so a, a couple days later, I dug into it. And apparently, first of all, Doc Martens are uh, really popular among amongst white supremacist groups. They're like the the boot of choice, apparently. And anything that resembles the number 14 is referencing uh, the guy that started the neo-Nazi movement in America. It was like, uh, he said some sort of quote. Well, I mean, not quote, but he said something that is now a quote about uh like securing future for our kids and our race or some shit like that. Yeah. And and so that's what the number fourteen signifies. 
And this guy was trying to basically find out if I was a neo-Nazi or not with him. And now I've been fucking paranoid about it ever since. You shouldn't be paranoid. And uh, Like, I'm like, I don't need inmates at my jail thinking I'm a neo-Nazi. You were there when I got both of these done. Right. And it's to honor my friends that died in, in Afghanistan. Dude, it's embedded. It's it's something that's... It's Symbolism will be their downfall. Uh, do me a favor real quick on Google. Okay. Look up Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, on Twitter. Gavin Newsom Twitter. Okay. Okay. So pull up his Twitter account. Yeah. So like I, I started looking into it and I'm like, shit, you know, do I need to talk to the gang people at my work? Yeah. Cause I'm definitely like, at least in my mind, I don't consider myself a racist. No, you're definitely not. But and, and I'm definitely not a Nazi. Right. Definitely. Like, I'm the furthest thing from a Nazi you can get. Uh, Nazis are fascists, and fascists are, uh, they believe in state control of everything. And I am not that way. Right. At all. It's symbolism, though. So, like I said here, click on this header above his profile picture. Like, that That? picture. Yeah, click on that. Then hold down control. Okay. But do you see the finger there? Like the guy going like this, kinda. Yeah, but look. Or at like his, this. Look at his index finger in particular. Do you see how it like almost looks photoshopped to be curved? Yeah. So you like this. Two straight fingers right here. Yeah. So it looks like this. But his finger. It's unnatural. If you look closely, it's like a triangle. Yeah. Now look up in the top. Might have to, yeah. Now in the top, look up FBI. Right here. Nope, not in Twitter. In the in the in the normal yep, goog. In the normal goog, FBI. Boy lover symbol. And then images. Interesting. So these fuckers, these sick people, operate in plain view and in symbolism. And that's what they notice. Like you said, the 14 things. He noticed the the brand of the shoes. 14 uh, aglets, you said? Eyelets, yeah. Eyelets. Yeah. And they operate in fucking symbolism. So I I went back and, like, I actually held a mirror up and I counted. And I've got 12. I've got 12. 12 eyelets on one, 10 on the other. So. Fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it it made me super paranoid because I was like, holy shit. Like, 
am I going to get mistaked, mistaken for something I'm not? Yeah. You know, am I going to have to sit in front of the sheriff and explain this thing on my arm? If I if I had to, I, w- I would be able to do so, and I would be able to defend my position. Right. But I don't want to, you right. know? Like, like, I got this for Ben and Clay, two of my friends that got killed in Afghanistan under horrible fucking conditions. Right. And I think, to a certain extent, Taylor being a tattoo artist knew those types of symbolism and that's why he he refrained from putting 14 eyelets on it's very possible it's very very possible because if you look at now type in this fbi pizza symbol or pizza just pizza fbi pizza Uh, okay, that won't come up, but let's F- try symbol. It, it's a code word. So it comes up with this again. Um, pizza is the FBI code word for child, young child. Okay. Now, if you look at uh, Monica Lewinsky. Type in Monica Lewinsky, ninth grade. Second. This is mind-blowing shit. Article or poem. That's it. Okay. Fuck, it's... I don't even know if it'll show. Just go to all. Uh, the second one, this one, the Twitter one. Yep. So this is JFK Jr. Reading a poem that Monica Lewinsky wrote when she was in ninth grade saying, I am a pizza. I am like dough. I am the perfect treat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I, uh, I make you say yum, yum. It's fucked up. It's disgusting. Uh, And this guy, JFK Jr., a patriot, had a magazine called George who called... It was like a conspiracy magazine calling out the people that killed his father. And he vowed to avenge his father when he was at young age. He went to... He he went to uh, law school for that reason. Yeah, he was under 20 when he did, I think. Oh. Oh well, definitely when his dad died. But when he made the uh, the like, I'm going to avenge this. Yeah. So it's it's. I mean, when his dad died, he was like under ten. Yeah, there so. are. Uh, this world is operated in symbolism, and that just attests to it. The tattoo with the people look for symbols. Yeah, and and so like every opportunity that I get. I try to show people that it's not a racist thing. 
and you, because yeah. I I actually I I dug deep into it, and I was like, okay, what does the number fourteen mean to neo Nazi culture? And that's put me on this rabbit trail, and I dug deeper and deeper and deeper, and it's like Doc Martens can be a racist tattoo. This can be a racist tattoo. This 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 this, and it was all from like the um. Southern Poverty Law Center mm-hmm. or whatever. And uh like so so I I spent a couple hours digging into this and I was like, fuck dude. Like is this is this a racist thing? And before that you had no clue. Yeah. 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 And uh and and so like when anyone, any of the prisoners, I don't care who they are asks me about it if i'm in the middle of something i say i'll show you when i'm done yeah and when i'm done i'll go up to him and raise my sleeve and be like look at this yeah and it's clearly a battlefield cross with somebody asked me if it was texas one time (laughs) uh, behind it and i was like no that's afghanistan and they were like, oh, so you were in the military? And I was like, yes. And they dropped it. Because um, there is a brand of neo-Nazis that are Texas-specific that use the state of Texas and another type of symbolism behind the neo-Nazi, with, right. with neo-Nazism, to, to show that they are. And the crazy thing is these people that were harbored after the war that moved to Argentina and different parts of South America. That the Pope helped. Yeah. These people that moved there, there were descendants, direct descendants of very high, high level uh, SS soldiers that came over to the United States and were the heads of the neo-Nazi Federation in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, like I said, when I was researching it, I was like. I was fucking terrified. I was like, how do I make this, like, can I add to this to make it obvious just from the boots that it's not a Nazi thing? And I was like, can I put bullet casings underneath it? Can I put sandbags next to it or something? And I was talking to Liz about it, and she's like, you know, it doesn't matter because if you add something to it that's war-related, which makes sense to you, it has meaning for you these people still see it as a race war right they see it as their war right so if you add war symbolism to it it does not matter right because they're still gonna see what they want to see right and it's symbolism they've been trained to seek the symbolism yeah uh and that reinforces my belief of q saying for years, symbolism will be their downfall. They yeah. communicate in symbolism. Yeah, and, and like for me, I I had no idea. Yeah, you shouldn't. And, and uh, like I I'm just grateful that Taylor didn't put fourteen eyelets on right. here. At this point, right? And maybe he knew. Maybe because I mean he's a tattoo artist. How many times does he have people come in and ask for stuff? Right. You know. He he's even told me he he has a depending on what the tattoo is he'll have five appointments a day for seven straight days you know right. like so that's thousands that he's done and um 
yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm just really grateful right now that, like, if you, if you count them up, you go, like, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15, or, sorry, 16, 18, 20, 22 on yeah. one. And it's, like, 12 on the other. Right. So. Yeah, it, it definitely could be. I know that once you get down in the rabbit hole, like you said, you went down, like you started researching. Once you do the research and see there's deeper meaning to certain things, it's right. mind-blowing. Yeah, and it's it's something I wouldn't have thought about. Right, exactly. A- ever. Yeah. Um, you know, like if I had been aware of that, I would have been like, make the boot, make the combat boots, modern day boots, not VM Vietnam boots. Right. You know? Yep. Like make them Danners instead of Doc Martens. Right. But you don't think about it. It's not something that, and that's the thing. And, that, and that, I think that's a good thing to an extent because like, if I'm not thinking about it, that means I'd. First of all, I'm not aware of it. Right. Which means I haven't been exposed to it. Right. So, like, my ability to be biased or prejudiced in that way is not there. But, um... Was it a red pill for you to, like, hear that, though? Yes. Like, like something wasn't even in your mind, but exists, and you had no clue. Yeah, because, like, when I'm, when I'm at work, I'll show you right now. It's pretty much just the boots and the smallest part of Afghanistan. Of yeah, it's about like this. Yeah. At work. And this dude just looked at me. He's like, are there 14 eyelets on those boots? And I knew I was dealing with a neo-Nazi. He had a fucking Celtic cross tattooed on his neck. Yeah. All the way across his neck. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I don't know. I'll show it to you in a second. Yeah. And w- even after I lifted up my arm, like lifted up my sleeve and showed him as much of the tattoo as I could because it kind of wraps around under my back a little bit. Yep. He got excited and he turned around and showed me his back. And his back said something about the boys on it. And I pulled that up too. And it's another neo-Nazi thing. Yeah. Dude, you'll like this documentary. And yeah, I'll, I'll just like say that. It, it, and I was like, so when I was looking into this, I was like, fuck, I don't need that. Yeah. You know, like, I'm just trying to work. I'm I'm trying to start a career. I don't need to be accused of being a fucking racist or, or whatever, yeah. you know. And if this one guy knows about it, the rest of the inmate population knows about it. Right. All my black patients, my Chinese patients, my, like, you know, because uh, that's the life they live in. Right. So they know. Right. And so it's like, I don't need to be dealing with a Hispanic client three units away. Yep. And have him thinking, I'm trying to poison him with his medications because I'm a fucking neo-Nazi. Right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know? Yep. Like, because 
I, I'm not anywhere near that. Right. At all. But you, I, I mean, you know your intent in the end. You know True. that it was it was not ill intended, and in the end, anything that gets to you. I I feel like I could reasonably defend myself. Right. In front of um, my peers, my su- my my supervisors, even the sheriff or a court of law, if I had to. Right. As, especially because this is what it is. Right. Um, you know, how many other military personnel out there have something like this? Right. Yeah. Now, I've gotten that with my tattoo on my finger, too. This is a predominant tattoo in uh, English culture, except a lot of the times they'll get it on their forehead. And it's a predominant skinhead tattoo. Yeah. So yeah. you know your intent. All you can do is know your intent. But the people that seek out the symbolism will will see it. Uh, but for me, that's beneficial because then I get a different perspective. I can delve deeper into something and try to understand something that I don't understand. And, right. you know, it's it's eye-opening for sure because these people operate in fucking symbolism. Yeah, it, it was, like you said, it was a red pill for yeah. me. It was a huge red pill for me. I was like, I, I never even considered that when right. I got this. Yeah. You know, and and thank God... That my tattoo artist put something other than fourteen. Even if you wouldn't have, per, even if you would have put fourteen, you would have no idea. I was there the whole time. I've known you for years, and that's not your intent. Yeah. Um, and even if that particular <laughs> brand, way back in line, was associated with neo Nazis, you would have no fucking clue. Yeah. Until you did the research. So, I think you're good. No, and, and I think I'm okay, too, from a legal standpoint. For me, it's just a matter of uh, what I see, like how, how I'm perceived by my patients. Because I serve a wide variety of people. I serve African Americans, Asians, Hispanic people, whites, you know, and yeah. everything in between, you know. And so... I don't need uh, one of them to look at me and be like, that guy's got Doc Martens. He's a skinhead. Right. Fuck that guy. Yeah. You know, uh, so I, the since I looked this up and dug into it, I've been making more of a point to be not necessarily like flexible on the rules, but kinder. You know, in all of my dealings with mm. with inmates, I yeah. I'm like, it, I'll I'll be passing medications, and since everyone has to go on lockdowns, lockdown for medications right now because of the COVID thing, mm-hmm. it's like, here's your meds. Oh, I'm missing this. Okay, I pull the little notebook out of my pocket, I write their name down. I'm gonna look into that when I'm finished passing meds. And if I'm missing something, I will bring it back to you. If I'm not, I will still come and address it with you. Mm. And and so, like, that's that's how I've been operating since I found out about this. Um, s- symbolism. Yeah. And uh, it, it seems to be working so far. Like, one black guy, not black guy, uh, uh, black 
female inmate asked me like she asked about my tattoo because obviously she thought it was a white supremacy thing yeah you know which was unbeknownst to me because it happened before this white supremacist supremacist interaction she asked me about it and i was like i just lifted up my sleeve and showed her and she's like oh shit that guy was in the army i didn't correct her i was just like yeah that's all they need to know right that's all they fucking need to know like it's not a fucking racist thing right you know so (laughs) yeah it's it's a weird line to walk, man. It's so bizarre how different people's reality can be. It really is. Because people are living in different worlds. And that's the reason why... That's the beautiful thing and this kind of scary thing about our society is we live in a free society. You can live in whatever world you want to live in and people do. People live in completely different realities. There's no controlling it. Yeah, and, and that red pill made me feel like I was living under a fucking rock. You know? Yeah, and I'm like, holy shit! Yeah, not even cross your mind. No. Right. Yeah. And and it, I mean, it, it's really like I I talked to Liz about it in depth one day. I was like, it's freaking me out. Like, I don't want my ass to be kicked. Like, I feel like I can do a decent job of defending myself one on one. But if I got three inmates out of their cells and one of them needs meds and it's circulating that I'm a fucking skinhead. No boy, no. Yeah, and these guys are like, well, fuck that nurse. We're going to fuck him up the next time he comes in here. Right. Yeah, and you have no idea. It's it's so it's because it's different worlds. Yes. It's totally different perceived realities like if you and me went toe-to-toe yeah i may not win but i could keep myself from getting killed yeah i'm pretty confident of that three on one even two on one i wouldn't want to fight anyone two on one no i'm not i'm not if i don't have to survive like if i'm not fighting for my life I'm not a big fighter. Like, I'm a talker. Me, I can. Me, I, me too. Me too. I would rather talk my way out of things. Yeah. Um. But it's bizarre to me how different people's perception is, and the people in jail versus your situation. The experiences have completely skewed their perception of what life is. And they view it completely differently. And I have to assume that for the other 300 million plus people in this country. Yeah. It's like different. It's totally different. We're living in different timelines. Yeah. And, you know, it's not going to happen. But the other thing I'm also concerned about in that, and sorry that I brought it like all onto uh, a focus on me. No, you're good. But uh, the other thing I'm concerned about with that is that uh, somebody sees these boots and they're like, oh, he's one of me. Yeah. Maybe he'll hook me up with this or that or that, you know. And and just um, now I'm aware of having to avoid that type of manipulation. 
You could put fuck fascism below it. You could get that tattooed and make it real clear. Like just right there? Yeah. Or on the soles of the boots, just in white. Like fuck fuck fascism. (laughs) Um, Maybe. (laughs) I mean, it would be. But then that that would create a resentment against the, the fascists in the jail, too. So it's like, I would just keep it how it is. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I came to is, like, if someone asks me about it, I'll show it to them as, as best I can. I'll pull my fucking sleeve up all the way up to here. Yeah. It's clear. It's a battlefield cross, you know, um, and and that's all it is. If uh, someone wants to get into it with me, then usually I'm on the other side of the glass with them. Yeah. And I can explain it to them. Whether they're willing or not to listen to it is on them. Right. And if they start getting too belligerent, I usually have an officer there with me. But most people, they see the battlefield cross and they're like, military, got it. So. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Right. Well, we're coming up on two and a half hours. Yes, we are. It's been a good episode, I think. You want to call it? If you want to. I mean, I'm I'm good to go for a minute longer. Okay. I just got to go to the bathroom again. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. No one, can, <laughs> no one can resist a good fart sound. Okay. Well, anyway... So that was actually close to a 15-minute little pause there because uh, you needed to use the bathroom. I needed to use the bathroom when I wound up talking to one of Liz's coworkers slash friends uh, basically about what we were talking about, how I'm, I'm worried about being perceived as a racist at the jail. Uh, but back to what we were talking about right before the mic's went on and you made that (laughs) what i i can't even do it sound uh if you bring something back down from big sky brewing company yeah uh pronghorn ipa is more of my um they they make a four split pack kind of like squatters does okay four beers in one i can get one of those okay um yeah, the, their price was ridiculous on a 12-pack. Yeah? It was like $28. For uh, Big Sky? Yeah, for the Moose Drool. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, I don't It's probably due to this bullshit, but... But, like, at the same time, I'm not the biggest Brown L fan. Uh, yeah, it's very close to Guinness. It's a guinness type. Yeah, and I'm... I, you know, I know there's guys out there that like Guinness. I am not one of those guys. Have you had one on the tab? I have had one on the tab. Okay. Uh in Chicago poured by an authentic Irish pub. That's all I ask. That's it. And if it, you don't it, like it, you don't like it. And and it's still like you know I drank it because I spent money on it, but it, it still was like I, I was with a buddy of mine named Land. Uh, that was his last like name. L A. Oh, okay. 
L-A-N-D was his last name. I don't remember what his first name was. But uh, I went through basic training with the guy. And I met up with him a few times through core school. He wasn't in core school with me. He was doing another job getting trained for that. But him and I went to this Irish pub downtown Chicago. Uh, and he's like, oh, dude, you have to get the Guinness here. And I was like, okay. And so I got the Guinness. And I was like, eh, I'm not the biggest fan of this. I drank it because I spent like damn near twelve dollars on this. Jesus Christ! Um, but even then, I've got the Guinness from the Republican, and like, although they 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 pour a good headless Guinness, they're the best one in Utah. They're the most. They're the closest thing to the Irish Guinness you'll get. Yeah, and I'm just like, I I use Guinness for cooking, and that's about it. You know, like, I, I'm i not a big fan of Well, the, hey, you've tried it. You've tried it. That's it. Yeah. And so I think that attests to more of my uh, Scandinavian German That's fair. background. Like, I, I am definitely, I've got the thrills for the pills, man. I like anything with the orange in it. Shock Top is actually, I, I enjoy Shock Top quite a bit. Shock Top's pretty good. Uh Yes. Half of half of my DNA is pretty much Welsh, and the other half Scandinavian. Okay, and maybe that's affected my taste buds. But like I said, I I'm more of like a a light beer, um, grainy, more hoppy, not dark kind of guy. That's fair. And uh, you know, if someone gave me a glass of Guinness at their house. I would drink it out of respect. Would I enjoy it? I would enjoy it because it's alcohol. Canned Guinness is garbage. I'll say that right now. It's so bad. Yeah, and see, like, I used to cook with Murphy's Stout. And uh, that that was a, a dark beer, a, a draft that was pretty – it was a stout that was pretty much like Guinness – Thick enough that it needed an actual shaker ball. Like a fucking yep. rattle can It's ball. like a meal. Yeah. What's it, the one that Wasatch makes or the one that comes with a yard sale? Uh, Baba? Yeah, Baba Black Lager. Yep. Yeah. On the tap, it's okay. In the can, it's awful. It's so bad. And, and I feel like that's honestly the distinguishing factor. Yep. Too. Like, if someone were able to pour me a a glass of Guinness or a black lager off of tap. It's different. I I'll, I'll drink it. I may not enjoy it as much as I would something else, but I'll drink it. Uh, if I'm at your house and you're like, I've got black lager Guinness or Newcastle. Yeah. Newcastle is probably the one I'm going to settle for. And in terms of quote-unquote quality, that's the least of the three. Yeah. Dude, have you tried shifting gears a little bit? But I know you drink a lot of Coke Zero and Diet Coke and all that. But 
Have you ever tried to go back and drink normal Coke yes. afterwards? Yes. What's your reaction to that? It's disgusting. It tastes like tar. Does it make you like sick? Yes. Me too. It, it like it literally tastes like tar. I I mean I I've never actually tasted tar. Yeah, I get you. But if I had to put a taste onto tar, Pepsi, <laughs> like full strength Pepsi and full strength Coke would taste like tar. Yeah, that's how I feel too. I got. I tend to try – there's two things I'll always try a new flavor of. Mountain Dew. If they come out with a new Mountain Dew, I'll try it. Same with Oreos. Both of those things. But the Mountain Dew, full sugar, I, get, I just got a six-pack of the, the uh, you know, normal plastic bottles of it, and I felt sick afterwards. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and what kills me to this day is back when I was like 19, right out of high school – I used to drink that shit like yep. it was water. Me too. I drink it now, and my fucking pancreas hurts. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I, I'm not even lying. Like I'll, I'll, I'll drink. Like if I drink a normal Mountain Dew nowadays, my fucking stomach hurts in the upper left quadrant, which is where my pancreas and spleen is. Yeah. Like, like it, if it, it does not feel good. It, yeah. It, it, and it doesn't even taste good. It doesn't. In high school, I used to keep two liters in my locker in between classes. I would just chug as much as I could. Fuck, dude. I, I can't do it now. Full full strength, uh, sugary uh, energy drinks as well. Me now too. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I, I can do I, I can do the energy drink thing every once in a while. Like, because uh, my sleep pattern is all sorts of fucked up. Uh I, I wake up at four thirty in the morning to go to work. Yep. And uh you you lived with me long enough. You stay up to like one or two usually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the nights that I work I try to go to bed earlier. Um and me trying to go to bed earlier looks like ten thirty or eleven. <laughs> yeah. And uh so like I I can do a full strength monster at four o'clock in the morning when I'm driving to work. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. But it it still doesn't hit me the same way Mountain Dew does. You should try that uh, thermogenic rock star that they came out with. Those those are great. Um, Some guy at the Rigby Idaho gas station... I was checking out with two energy drinks. He's like, do those things wake you up? And I'm like, a little too much. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, pretty much shake for a couple hours. <laughs> like, Dude, I drank two bangs back to back one yeah, day. Yeah. I felt like I was going to fucking die. Yeah, they give you the anxiety. They give you the shake. <laughs> I, and I, it, was, it was crazy because I did it while I was taking an online test because of all this COVID bullshit. But I was like... Dude, I'm gonna die. Yep. I'm yep. gonna. I'm going to die sitting here trying to take this exam. That's where I've lived my I can't life. Think straight. I can't. Yep. <laughs> the last three years, that's been my entire life. That plus with nicotine, you mix nicotine into it. It's like a balance of being slightly okay and I'm gonna die. And you balance the edge of that, all like as much as you can. And then the caffeine wears off and then nicotine. I don't know. Nicotine for me, especially with the Idaho strength shit, gives me anxiety. 
It's, really? It definitely gives me anxiety. 35 milligrams per milliliter is a lot. It's a lot of nicotine. So. Uzi. Uzi. He's like looking at me like you fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Are you happy to be back? Come here, bud. Come here. Come here. Sorry, there's a dog, and I love the dog. Oh. Yeah. He's been freezing his ass off since that haircut. Really? Oh yeah, especially in Idaho, it's about ten degrees cooler. You're back home now. Yes. And you got your friends. You got three blankets on the bed. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. I I've missed having him around. He is loud from time to time, but Yeah, he's a sweet dog. He's he's so nice. I've really missed having him around. Like falling asleep on the couch and just having him come snuggle next to me. He's just a very chill dog. He's like, yeah, it, it's very refreshing to have a dog that's not like jumping on you all the time. Like, ah, because that's how my parents' dogs are too. And he's the only one that'll like just chill out for a second. Dude, I fell asleep on the couch earlier today, and uh, Smiley was there with me, and I, I kind of like felt like they're. Like Uzi needed to be there because that's what would happen when you like before this lockdown shit happened. Uh, you know, I I would be on the couch doing homework, like typing on my laptop and stuff, and I'd have like Smiley on my right side and Uzi on my left side, and they'd just be snuggling with me. Yeah, you know. And uh, now that I'm out of school uh, for the semester at least, and whatnot uh like i felt i literally fell asleep on the couch earlier today and smiley was like curled up next to me and i felt like something was missing and it was him yeah he's a he's a very sweet dog i i got lucky to say the least yeah because normally if i'm on the couch like he'll come up and he'll like sit like pretty much somewhere around my head shoulder he'll do the big sigh yeah and just chill out yeah somewhere around my head shoulder area he's like a little heating pack he releases the tension in the muscle yeah (laughs) i mean yeah he he's a good dog man i i'm i do i genuinely miss having him around and i'm looking forward to you guys moving back to salt lake because i'm gonna steal him yeah i'm looking forward to it too to be honest like as nice as Idaho's been in the big break. Uh, well, and you've decreased your debt a lot. A too. lot. Like, yeah. I've, I've, I feel a general relief knowing that all these companies that have been coming after me are settled and it's out of the way. And I, I mean, I could pay off my, I could choose to pay off my car before I come back, but I, I can't really do that if I want to, in my credit situation, because they're so slow at reporting. <laughs> Like this is still on my credit report. Yeah. Um, it takes like months for them to report that it's paid off. Right. So for me to get into a place, it's going to be like 
2500 to $3,000 that I'll just have to put down. Right. Uh, plus, I have to get him his, uh, you know, like... Uh, service dog status. Service dog status, which I'll have to play the PTSD card from security, which I fucking hate doing. But if it means not paying $800 to go to rent... Then How much do you have to pay for that, though? It, it's eight hundred, oh, hundred bucks. Okay. I do a face-to-face visit. A psychiatrist says, "Oh, this guy has this, therefore he can have service dog papers." Um, plus, I have my concealed carry permit in, in Idaho now, which carries over to here. So, yeah, I can do that. Uh, I can do that now, actually, once I get my firearm. But I won't have yeah. that until next week, and then hopefully next week we'll be able to go shooting. Did you did you get a nine or a forty? I got a forty. Um, and primarily because the forty was two hundred eighty dollars, the nine still goes for four seventy five. Really? Yeah, that's surprising. Yeah, the nine forty is being phased out completely. Like they're they're just dumping it, and it's a shame. I really like forty. I I like that round a lot. I wish well, it was. My my forty sh- shoots like super smooth. Yeah, it doesn't have much more kick. It's not much more, like, I don't know why they're moving away from 40 so much, but they are. Ammo cost, probably. But that's just because of the popularity. I mean, I bought 50 rounds. I bought two, 50, two boxes of 50 rounds. They were seventeen ninety nine each, which I think 9 mils about about the same, maybe $15 a box. Yeah. But the guns themselves are so much cheaper, like surprisingly cheaper. Yeah. So, I don't know why, but. So it's going to sound like fucking stupid to people. Maybe not. Um, but the reason I went with a 40 when Sig Sauer came up to my unit in Afghanistan and was like, hey, well, we're doing custom engravings. We're quote-unquote sponsoring your unit you know it's this much for a firearm with a standard engraving of this and then x amount of dollars for each word after that or whatever yeah and i went with the 40 because i i i already had a 45 at the time okay and they had a, a 1911 replica basically like their version of the 1911 um that they were selling that had a map of afghanistan on the slide and i didn't want a map of afghanistan on the slide i wanted the ega on the slide yep and the only pe- the the only ones that were doing the ega on the slide was the the sig sp 202240 yep so uh I was like, I want the EGA on the slide. I want my name and rank on the slide. And your little fucking quote thing. Yep. But I, I primarily wanted the EGA. I didn't want the uh, Afghan logo like map on it. My CO bought the 45. Okay. And from what I understand to this day, it's it's an excellent weapon, but so is my 40. Right. And my 40 carries more rounds. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. I'm not a big. I don't know. I'm f- for me, it's the slide release. Like, I know a lot of people say slide lock or like um, 
Like it's it, it, the whole point of it sticking is the slide lock. But for me, it's slide release because at that point, like when you're out of rounds and you pull up and you release the mag and you put in the new mag. And if you're able to just go and it's yeah, easy and thumb. slick. That's that's why I went with a Glock, and I know a lot of people hate on Glocks because they're like basic looking or whatever, but they rarely malfunction, and their slide release is butter smooth. It's it's probably the smoothest I've ever felt, especially compared to my dad's MMP Shield, uh, Smith and Wesson just MMP Shield. You have to like crank that thing to release. Yeah, and um, I've gotten to a point with my FNS that. Uh, I can click that that slide release pretty easily, but it took it took work. Yeah, and when you have that adrenaline dump and you're losing your fine motor skills, you don't want that. Yeah, you you do not want that. Uh, you you yeah. want you want, and it's gonna sound counterintuitive, but when it comes to stuff like that, you want bulky objects, right? You know, you you want something that is right there in your face you're gonna barely have to press it yeah and move on i want the the next uh sidearm i get is probably going to be an fn i think it's an fn 57 okay which shoots a rifle round in a sidearm okay it has a pretty good mag capacity too but it'll go through concrete It'll go through car doors. It's probably one of the best concealed carry. It's a little bit bulkier, but it does shoot a rifle round, and it devastates. It's crazy. But I went with a forty primarily because I can swap it for a 9mm uh, barrel if I want to. It's easy conversion. You just swap out the barrel. Uh, Glocks are very uh, versatile in that sense. So... Plus, I mean, blocks, Glocks do feel very bulky. They they do. Sorry about the smell in a second. That's okay. Uh, they feel bulky. SPD. But for the price, I mean, I went to this place online, King's Firearms, and I bought a third-gen Glock 22 for like 280 bucks. And I've never bought a firearm online before. Basically, what you have to do is you buy it, and then this super nice lady reached out to me and was like, hey, where do you want us to ship it to? And I was like, this gun store. And they're like, cool. Can you email them and tell them to send us over their license? Did that. They responded. Boom. It's being shipped. It'll be here Monday. Where uh, is it going to? Doug's, sadly. I know. Uh, unfortunately. For those of you that couldn't hear, I rolled my eyes at the mention of tugs unfortunately um what's it called the armory do not have a ffl it wasn't easy for me to transfer it there so the gun vault and tnt is that the gun vault in west jordan south jordan gun vault south Jordan. that's the one i meant the armory is where i reached out to originally thinking it was the gun vault but then i reached out to the gun vault and they never got back to me so I messaged Doug on Facebook and he got back to me in a couple hours and it was like, yeah, cool. So I was like, cool. I'll send it there. Um, 
Originally, I tried on the I border. I fucking hate that place, man. I have a hard time with it, too, but they were the first to respond. I tried this place on the border of Utah because um, I did try to buy one in Twin Falls, Idaho. Like up in Tremont? Uh, right on the... Uh, so it was like Springfield or something like that. Okay. Um, but they wouldn't respond to me. No one responded to me except Doug's. So I went with Doug's. So you'll be back down here next week. I'll be back down, back down here next week to get my Glock 22 with three mags for 280 bucks. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, I did try to do the gun vault though. That was my first choice, and unfortunately, they're, they're great people there. Yep, yep. And unfortunately, they didn't respond. So it was like I was on a time crunch because the uh, the place I bought it from within four days. I think you have to schedule the ffl transfer so i did that and uh they're shipping it out it'll be here monday i'll go pick it up just have to do the background check i tried to buy one from twin falls idaho but i was not aware that you have to be a resident of the state to buy a handgun in that state you can buy an assault rifle no problem but a handgun they will not let you do it (laughs) okay Whatever. I could buy a Tavor, no problem with the Utah license. But if I go to Idaho and have a Utah license, they will not let me buy a handgun. So basically, they had to prove I was a resident of Idaho. So I had my parents draft up a uh, lease agreement <laughs> and send it to this guy. And he's like, okay, I'll submit it to the ATF. The ATF put it on delay. So the guy's like, okay, uh, you know, you can drive up here and get it some other day. Or you can cancel out the order. I was like, just cancel it. This is ridiculous. I just drove three hours for nothing. Right. So. Well, just so you know, here you might need a fishing license. Doug's, I don't think I needed one. When I bought my. uh, And I'll, I'll go get one if necessary. But when I bought my car, they just needed my license. Like a driver's license. But we'll see what happens. And I bought from them before, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but it should be a smoother process than, God, it, it was a nightmare. And they couldn't call the ATF because they were closed on Mondays because of the COVID outbreak. Because of COVID. So couldn't do that. Ugh. Um, but in the most, for the most part, buying a firearm online and transferring it. Not a bad way to save a couple hundred bucks Hmm. for any firearm. If I were to buy a uh, Glock 22 from Doug's, he'd probably charge in the 400. So for a new one, for a used one, even used Glocks are fucking ridiculous. They're uh, they hold their value very well. Um, And I guess law enforcement are transitioning from 40 to nine mil. So there's so many 40 calibers available. So if you guys want a good Glock 22 40 cal, go to King's uh King's Firearms and they'll uh 280 bucks. See, I I I don't know why they're transitioning. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me other than uh training expenses, but yeah. And unless you're uh unless you're shooting bad guys all day, like well, that or, I mean, 
my understanding is, at least this is the way it used to be, a lot of uh, police sidearms are purchased by the officer themselves. Yeah. So, it's officer discretion. Right. Yeah, that's... That's how I view it, too. Apparently, I did a little more research into it. Apparently, a lot of police departments do a standard issue on firearms. Um, okay. But you can apply to use your own firearm. But I guess 9 mil is just becoming standard now. I don't like that. Um, even though I think that's what the military... Does the military use 9 mil or 45? Yes. 9 mil. So... And it, <laughs> okay, I'll say this. It's close quarters. I get it. Ninety percent of the time, it's nine millimeter. It depends on the mission. Uh, I was a corpsman uh, assigned to. Uh, I can't remember the name of the unit, but basically, I was put in with another unit. This was after deployment, and. Uh, they were doing some sort of training exercise in two different states. And we were traveling by van with multiple firearms that were fully automatic. And the issued sidearms to protect the cargo was 45s. Okay. So, uh, like, it, it really depends, but... I would say 90% of the time, maybe a little more, it's it's 9 mil. Yeah, and that's it's surprising to me because, I mean, I've fired 9 mil, I've fired 40, and the difference in recoil is not much. The difference in mag capacity is not much. Um, but I've found, personally, the 40 is not affected as much as, like, with wind. Yes. And outdoor conditions. You, you and I saw that. Yeah. Firsthand uh, out at Dell. Um, I do know 9 mil fired at a higher um, feet per second or meters, per, whatever they. Feet per second, yeah. So they do fire at a higher FPS. Um, but I do find that I'm more accurate with 40 than I am with 9 millimeter in outdoor conditions, at least. So. Yeah. In, and. I, I will say that same thing for myself because you and I went out to Dell and I was doing some training with you. Yep. And I was like, uh, I I think the wind was blowing west that day. We were probably at the 10-yard line, Yep. maybe 15-yard line. And I was constantly hitting to the right, and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. You know, right. I, I'm well-trained. I'm well-practiced within the last few weeks. And I took that, I took your 40 and your 45 at the time away yep. from you and hit center right. each time. And that's like, oh, okay. It, it was literally the wind was pushing my bullets off target. Right. And we were firing with FMJs, weren't we? Yes. So, yeah, it's it's just something I've noticed. I don't mind the extra cost per round, personally, until it gets egregious. But as of right now, I can... I mean, all 
in all actuality, I have three. I'll have three mags. If I can have three mags full of G two R, uh, RIPs or black talons, I don't really need much more than that. Or both. Or both. Um, I I don't know. I I would say the next step in your uh process now that you have the gun is um actually buying some of each and seeing what you prefer right yeah i already bought the holster and i bought the uh mag like holsters as well and have been practicing with my dad's 45 and like honestly having the two dedicated mag yeah right here yeah it's awesome it's so good um it's a little uncomfortable, but I mean, I'm sure I'll get used to it, especially with yeah, like because you're like here, you bring it in. Yep, that's what I've been practicing mostly too. Is like my workshop, as they call it, like boom, 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 out, chick, boom, boom, boom. Like just yeah. just the action of pulling a new mag is new to me, so that's been something I've been working on. Yeah, and that's honestly something they teach you in basic training in the military is like you're here, you're out, you pull it back. As you're pulling it back, you drop the spent magazine, you draw your new one, slide, and as you're pushing back forward, you got that slide going forward as well, and you're ready to go again. Yeah. You know. And I've gotten so. pretty comfortable with that. I'm sub two seconds with reloading, which is, I'd I'd like to get sub one point five seconds, but that'll take time. Um, but it has been something I've been working on, and uh, it's something you have to be like. You have to make sure your brain's working in that situation, right? Like regardless of what's going on, if your brain's not working, you're not working. So. It's just something, uh, and and I wasn't aware my dad wasn't familiar with all this stuff. He doesn't, he has, uh, like, he's big into guns and everything, but he's not big into practicing. And that's what I'm trying to instill into him is, like, you need to practice. Oh, yeah. You need to clean your firearms every time after firing them. Like, I'm OCD about that. Yeah. Um, But just the, the practice of grip, even. Even going for your firearm and drawing, just the grip that you have when you draw, as well as stabilization. Um, exactly. So I I think it's, that's something I've worked with you on a lot. Definitely. Definitely. And I think, yeah, I, I definitely still have some work to do, um, especially with my grip as far as drawing and being comfortable with my thumb being on the left side of the slide underneath the slide for stabilization is something I need to get more comfortable with. Um, but I'm more conscious. If anything you've taught me is being more conscious of, of how I'm drawing or firing or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Like pulling and getting to that sight picture is just, yeah, and definitely not closing one of the eyes is something I don't do anymore, which is something you taught me. Uh, I've gotten better with the reaction of just actually drawing and extending. Yeah, so getting it out there. It definitely becomes second nature at some point. Just tons of practice, tons and tons of practice. And one one of the things I've 
for me that I've listened to about that is uh, I I heard in a Navy SEAL interviewed about you know firing maneuvers and being in combat and like actually having to send rounds down range against somebody that's shooting back at you right is like even with all of that muscle memory and, and practice and like okay rifle up safety off rifle up safety off rifle up safety off uh is um in the midst of all that he he said he got through about half a magazine before he was like okay i need to slow down control my breathing aim shoot right you know that first little bit like of him like sight picture safety off sight picture safety off he's like that was muscle memory right but the actual like controlled breathing action of throwing rounds back at the enemy was like still something he had to think about one thing that i learned through i guess educational video was even with an assault rifle fire 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 mag out unload reload versus fire 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 safety on draw sidearm is a couple seconds different yeah uh and that was not something i was aware of um, right and uh, i mean it was like 2.8 seconds versus like 1.5 and it, that's like that's minutes yeah really that's minutes in a firefight right so yeah. that's that's something i was not aware of uh, especially during a malfunction with a assault rifle you know yeah tap rack bang yeah yeah you have no idea of like what's going to happen with your firearm and if it malfunctions do you work on unjamming the gun or do you just go for your sidearm and the sidearm seems to be a much better well yeah that's uh that's what they also teach you is like s switching from rifle to pistol is a lot faster than reloading because basically you can just drop your rifle and as you're letting go of your rifle, your hand's coming down, pulling your sidearm and going back up, right? Right. To, to right, right to that same side picture where if you're dropping a magazine to reload, you're pulling a new magazine, probably having to rotate the gun a little bit to, to see in your peripheral vision hitting that and then hitting the slide release and getting that sight picture back where it's like you just drop, you just throw the sidearm, uh, the rifle out of the way and you go for the sidearm and bring that straight back up and it's right there. And that's been a big thing. Like with the educational videos, they've been a lot more beneficial than I thought they would because I've, I practice at my parents' house too. Like I'll use it. I use my dad's gun to like practice drills and everything with like clearing rooms. And before like clearing rooms, I would think like, okay, you come up to a doorway, right? And you like peek around and slightly go in. And now my mentality is like, come into the doorway, 
see this angle, run across the doorway and like scan the rest of the room rather than just like scan part of the room and slightly put yourself in. And I'm not. Yeah, like that. And and when you're in, um, uh, it's called Mount Town, but it's basically like urban combat training. Uh, what they what they teach you is like one guy kicks the door open, and the next guy just runs straight in, and it's like. Like, it's just a quick fucking movement. And, like, so the guy that kicks the door in, he's got his back to the door, and he donkey kicks the door in, and the next guy just literally runs in and sweeps. Yeah. From from fucking, like, left to right or right to left or whatever. And and, uh, anything that's in there in in that moment is a threat. So it's like doors doors open sweeping person in the center of the room bang bang continue sweep sweeping like and it's unfortunate like that that like people subsequently like innocent people may die from this yeah. but that's the fact of the matter is like when when you're doing operations like this it's it's uh it's either you or them and you can't hesitate to figure out whether or not that's an innocent or a combatant yeah like when when you're doing a quick quick sweep like that to establish a foothold in a house it just needs to be like figure okay like there there's a there's a thing in front of me. I need to eliminate that threat and keep sweeping. So, uh, you know, and the, there's probably a little more to it, like the SF guys and actual grunts that have, like, gone through it over and over and over and over again have a, a lot more training than I do, for sure. Uh, but... If I were coming through that door, say you kick that down that door, and I were coming in, I'd go from that corner to this corner, and if there was anything there, I'd blast it. Yeah. Personally. Yeah, especially if you know the environment you're going into. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Unless you, like, flashbang or something. Like, yeah, it's... It's very interesting because it's such more of an art form. This guy, Ronan, if you guys have never heard of this guy, he actually got added into Call of Duty as a DLC. Really? Yeah, he's a special forces operator who also teaches uh, law enforcement how to operate. And he was actually training a Marine as well as uh, police officers. And he was uh, teaching the slide lock reload. And... When people would run out of ammo, the cop would like hold up his gun and then instead of letting gravity let the mag fall out, he would grab the mag and throw it out. And the Marine didn't do that. And he was like, hey, you're a Marine. I expect that from you. This guy, fuck him. Like he 
why are you guys doing this? Why are you guys coming up and pulling your mag out and throwing it out? Let gravity do the work. Gravity's not doing it. Do a sweep, reload, boom. Yeah. Um, exactly. But it's, it's crazy how many law enforcement guys are out there that are not even properly trained. Like, I, I did not know that. I didn't. I was yeah. not aware how many. I pull this. Yeah. I'm bang, bang, bang. I have to drop my mag. I'm moving my hand out of the way. I'm just hitting the slide release. Either this way. Or that way. Yeah. You know, one or two. Um, but I'm moving my hand out of the way, depressing the button. Coming like while that's being depressed, so I go like this, it's already dropping, and I'm pulling a new one out, mm -hmm. right? So, come up here, focus on T Rex, bang, 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 right? See, and I, I'm not good with the, the thumb release. Mm -hmm. But I, I still have it. Right. See, my dad was asking me about, you know, why should I have to know how to take apart my firearm? And really? To yeah, clean my, it. My response was, if you're in a firefight and I've a jam the, happens. I've got the perfect thing for you. Yeah? Yeah. Go ahead and continue. I'll pull it up. But my my explanation was, if you have a jam in your weapon... That's not solved by pulling the slide back and clearing the round. You have to know how to completely disassemble that firearm and know how that thing operates because it's the thing saving your life. It's a tool. You have to know exactly how to pull it apart. Look for what's obstruct, uh, obstructing what you're trying to achieve. Put it back together. Uh, and, and take care of what you need to take care of because that's the, it's simple. Like that's the, that is the tool just like a hammer is to building a house to saving your life in certain situations. Right. Right. And this is not the correct story. I can't re remember who the, the guy was. Um, he Buck Liberty mutual and it's ostrich. Um, anyway, there, there was a guy in the Vietnam war. Perfect example. Perfect example. Machine gunner assigned to an M60, part of a platoon, heavy weapons company, obviously. They got attacked and his M60 broke. And he got ready to like switch to his sidearm mm -hmm. to defend himself. And the firing position next to him got their M60 broke. And he ran over there. This guy went unrecognized for like damn near 40 years during from the Vietnam War till now. Uh, maybe even a little longer. Uh... And he ran to the next firing position under enemy fire and under the fl just the flashes and a couple of flares for light. 
the flash the muzzle flashes of other guns and a couple of flares for for light he broke down both m60s and rebuilt a working m60 and then stacked bodies yeah stacked them high enough that he didn't have a clear field of fire anymore this dude deserved a fucking medal of honor and all he got was a navy cross but he's a fucking gangster dude uh yeah uh let's see um i mean that's what it comes down to is yeah and, knowing and, your tools yeah and this i i read this this morning because uh one of the marine pages i belong to posted it and i mean it's fucking savage dude like do you know your firearm well enough to be able to do something like that right and like, i think everyone has the capability of but no one takes the initiative of actually learning right the tool they're using and that's right. the problem like like if you had to rebuild a hammer you could probably rebuild a yeah. hammer out of like two broken hammers right right yep but this dude took a weapon with multiple moving parts really complex like really complex in the middle of a firefight in the middle of the night using minimal light yep rebuilt the weapon out of two broken ones and continued fighting yep fucking gangster dude absolutely fucking gangster 100 percent. yeah um in my mind that's moh worthy yeah because that's a level of focus that can't be achieved in most people I don't care who the fuck you are. It's well, unachievable. I think it comes down to a lot of pre-combat training. I mean, I mean, you know especially, but I know from secondhand that a lot of, you know, free time in the military is spent drinking, partying, having fun. Uh, yeah. But then there are certain certain breeds of the military that spend their time practicing drills. In their yeah. barracks, like they'll they'll sit there for hours and just practice and practice and practice. True. Um, and it really comes down to mentality um, and why they want to be there, and people that take the job extremely seriously. True. And there are certain people that train themselves to a level of proficiency because you can go through all the drills you want, you can go through the mandatory training you want. But the people that actually take the initiative to train in their personal time are usually the people that go farthest. Yeah. In the in the military, uh, whether that be, you know, whatever whatever reason they have. But and now I'm trying to find the story on my Marine page, and it's full of a bunch of fucking memes. <laughs> so, there's that. 
but yeah no it it's true like it's it's uh your level of willingness to to study outside of work yeah yeah because there there it's a certain breed of soldier that does that but they do exist um and most of them go unrecognized who was it that wrote you can't hurt me again that was Goggins, David Goggins. He's probably one of those guys. You know, he wasn't very well respected in the SEALs. Yeah, but he's still probably one of those guys that spent his off time yeah. honing his craft. He definitely was, and that's why he wasn't liked by the SEALs. He was liked by Special Forces. He was liked by the Air Force guys. He was liked by pretty much every other special operations uh, you know, unit or whatever, battalion. Um but he was not respected by the SEALs because he wasn't the type to go out and drink and party and do all this shit. He was the type of guy to get up three hours before work and go on a 20-mile run before going to work. Yeah. And then when he was get when he was put in charge of PT, it was like going back to Bud's again. It was like, we're going to lift logs and we're going to run five miles while lifting a log over our head and people resented him for that. And he specifically said, you know, I always thought all the people in special operations would be these hardened men, but it turns out once they got out of buds, they just wanted to get away with as minimal shit as possible. Right. He's like, they knew I wouldn't let them get away with that. And that's why they resented me. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it it really does come down to it. Like uh, it's not, at all the same, but Liz spends probably about a, a week's worth of time, like if you were to add it up, per month honing her craft. Yeah. Uh, like outside of work. She goes to conferences. She gets books. She, like, studies. She reads case studies. Like, she she's invested and i mean it's not the same thing uh in a way it is i mean honing your craft for the job for sure yeah and that's the way that it's the same it's not as physically demanding but like last year we were struggling for money like fighting tooth and nail just to eat and uh She's like, I want to go to this training. And I, I was like, okay, well, how is this going to benefit us? And I was like, well, I think it'll help in this way and this way and this way. And I'm like, okay, well, how much is it? It's, it's throwing out a random number, like 400 bucks. Mm-hmm. This w- this was a time in our lives where we didn't have 400 bucks to spend. But, uh, you know, it, it meant something to her. And now she has a certification that's recognized nationally to do this one type of therapy that very few people are certified to do. Yeah. And so it's, it, I mean... Like and that's the kind of stuff she does all the time, and that's what I'm hoping to become as a nurse as well. 
Yeah. Is like, okay, well, you know, I'm not in school anymore, but I want to hone my craft. Right. Let me go study this or that. And so, but we, we sacrificed money at that time. And, and now, uh, she has to be in person to do it. So it's not like she can do it during this COVID thing, but when this COVID thing lapses and even before this COVID thing started, she got more cases referred to her and she felt like she was doing higher quality work. Yeah. But look, just by being able to do this um, EMDR stuff. So, okay. Yeah, it definitely pays off to want more. I mean, go above the the required, I guess. Yeah. You take the initiative to go above and beyond and it's usually rewarded um especially if you're passionate about it and that's really what separates I guess the weak from the strong or the, the basic from the overachievers quote unquote is initiative. It's, it's willingness to sacrifice your own personal time of freaking jerking your meat or whatever, which I enjoy doing. I, I can't uh, dispute that for myself. I don't know about, you know, I can't just, I fuck it. It is what it is. Yeah. I've been heavily enjoying pornography during this time of uh, leisure, as they say. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I'm happy for you. Yeah, it's been nice. It's very been nice. nice. It's been very nice. <laughs> but uh, We're over three hours. We're actually at 3.20. Nice the longest one we've done in a while um i will say this though now that we're like three hours and 20 minutes in because i don't think maybe people maybe some people listen to this but i can say this without repercussion at this point i did subscribe to uh an only fans account was it the one that you were looking at dating for yeah, a while it was it was. Really? You couldn't get her to send it to you for free? I was curious. I hadn't talked to her for a while. So I was like, you know, and I, here, here's how I justified it. <laughs> you know, it's during the COVID-19. She probably needs some money. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, by, by the way, um, Heather Harmon or Heather Brooke for uh, you nostalgic people out there. She's re- reopening her website, ideepthroat.com. <laughs> <laughs> Just because of the COVID thing. Um, her and her husband are reopening it. So Nice. Enjoy. So I subscribed to this girl's uh, OnlyFans account. And, you know, I was impressed. I was happy for, you know, for her and all this stuff. Uh, what do you mean you were impressed? Good stuff. It was decent content. I'm not gonna. I mean, it wasn't like uh, you know groundbreaking brazers or brazers or however you say it. Yeah. But, you know. Do, it, do you know how many follows 
followers she has? No, I don't. I don't know how many followers she has, but all I do know is like, dude, when I see that kind of shit, all I can think is like, I don't think long term I could date that person in particular because like, what are the repercussions long term of that kind of, I mean, you either wind up part of the website or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you end up lo- like part of the website or don't, but at the same time, <laughs> Like later in your life, when you want to pursue something that's more advantageous or something that's higher end, it's like, where does that limit you? That's, that's my mentality, I guess. And that's why I've been so hesitant for it. That's fair. It's like, if you truly want to change your life or like be this person, does that come back and like bite you in the ass one day? I don't know. That's where I'm cautious about it. Is because like, is it because of the Marcus thing? No, it's not because of the Marcus thing. I'm just saying like, the stuff she did isn't extremely hardcore. But at the same time, if she wanted to, like, is it just playing DJ Spittles? What is that? Flicking the bean, rubbing the puss. Uh, yeah, you know, some bouncy bounce on her dildo, all that stuff. Okay. So, I mean, it's not extremely damning, but at the same time, you know, what if later down the road she wants to be, like, in a public position of, like, service? Yeah. That's where I'm, like, I I like to keep all my doors open. Dude, I'm voting for Mia Khalifa 2020. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Don't give a fuck. I shamelessly paid her money because I knew it would help her financially. Just because I was curious as well. She would. She probably would have given it to you for free, though. She probably would have, but I'd rather give her the money. And I'd rather be anonymous. Because I know she has a crush on me. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You should go after it, man. Maybe you could uh, change her world, you know? I possibly could, but at, at what point does it become damning for me? Only if you become involved in the website itself. Yeah, I just, I guess I'm very conservative in that sense. Is like I don't want it affecting my personal life or private life. Like dating somebody who is actively involved in an online sexual thing is hard for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it would be for me. It, I don't know, dude. I just think about the opportunities that it would ruin. What opportunities would that be? Well, I just see how modern day society is and media can be. And if they want to go after you, they can go after you. And if you supply them with the ammunition, they're going to blow holes through you all day. So I'm just conscious about if this person is putting out this this media publicly you know will your kids see it will your grandkids see it possible um and i don't i don't know if i'm willing to be okay with that currently so that's fair you should still watch that documentary kink i recommended it to you a few times james franco yeah james franco made it uh 
I don't think I've recommended it to you since we've uh, started the second coming, but you may have, maybe, maybe, but it, uh, there, there's a performer in there that is stuck with that dilemma. I just think, and I didn't tell you this. I actually start, went back and started watching The Apprentice. Really? Yeah. And it's it, funny enough. Uh, I think season one, episode six or seven, Donald Trump brought in everybody because the women were destroying the men. They were destroying. They they separated the teams into women versus men. And Donald Trump brought in everybody and had his like assistant basically say, you can't use your sexuality to promote your product. Really? Yes. You cannot use your body to you know portray that it's better or that you can sell better or whatever you're smarter you're more intelligent uh like you're better than just selling the physical aspects of your yourself okay and that's kind of where i see it is like these girls that do the only fans or porn or whatever that can sell to men and get money because it's a weakness you're better than that that's kind of how i view it Mm. so and i dude honestly watching the apprentice is actually pretty enjoyable it's it's yeah. pretty yeah it's free to watch right now like you can go on and i can't remember the site but it's 100 percent free to stream uh it's an enjoyable series i'm not gonna lie it's it's so strange to see the president of the, the president of the fucking united states have a tv show uh, it, it's just bizarre, but yeah. Well, um, again, uh, Chris, sorry for any of the filler words we've used. Um, what words? Uh, I don't know. Like maybe, uh, uh, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, we're just glad you're sticking with us even through all these growing pains. I will say I'm super grateful for you guys because our numbers have doubled from 1,500 hours of listening to 3,000 hours of listening in the past month. Really? Yeah. We've doubled. I, I, I haven't been looking at it because I've been career-oriented. So even during the reset, we're more popular than ever. We have listeners in Germany, Malaysia, United States. It's it's growing. It's growing fast. It's actually... And to our German listeners... Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Wie geht es Ihnen? Und... How do you say thank you in German? Hell cupcakes. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to say thank you in German, but um, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how to say. <laughs> I, oh, uh, oh, fuck. I, might, I actually might know this. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Uh, it, yeah. Uh, donke. Donka. Yeah. Donka. 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 Uh, very much donka to the German listeners out there. <laughs> Grande donka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a mixture of Spanish and German there for yeah, you. Yeah, multicultural. Uh, we'll try to figure out how to say it in Malaysian Grande next week. Grande Marcus. 
<laughs> we'll we'll figure out how to say it in Malaysian next week. Uh, this has been another episode of Cheap Shot Discussions. Thanks for sticking around for the reboot because uh, real life and legal ramifications happened from the previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, and as always, um, go fuck yourself. This is Dallas and Caden signing off. <laughs>